does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. The Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. 69 to 68. Lillard again, and he is feeling it. Missed his first seven shots. That's his third three of the third quarter. And since starting zero of seven, he's gone five for six. Halliburton counters with a three from dead on top. Pacers can take the lead. One minute gone, fourth quarter. Four court right edge. Nemhart out to the left edge. Matherin wants three, but doesn't get it. McConnell, the smallest man on the floor, snuck in there and tipped it in. High screen Lopez. Lillard uses it to drive in, but he missed off the back of the rim and Isaiah Jackson got it to Halliburton. Long pass to the other end. Gliding through the air with the greatest of ease. Toppin caught it at the rim and reverse jammed it. The crowd has worked itself into a frenzy with 52 seconds to play. White drives at the other end and throws it away. Halliburton has it. 46 seconds to play. Up the floor. Neesmith dunks. Nine-point lead. I see the blackjack table. I see the roulette wheel. And I see Eddie Gill, the slot machines. Halliburton off a Turner screen. Back rim long with a three. Back tapped and grabbed by Halliburton. An offensive rebound with under a minute to go. Five-point lead. Halliburton driving to his left. Steps back. Splash! 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 The Banshee erupts coming off the floor as one to embrace Tyrese Halliburton. That, Eddie Gill, was cold-blooded. A lot of people didn't want us here. We don't care about that. We earned our way here. We earned our way to three additional national TV games. So people are going to find out about the Pacers. We're shocking the world right now. Nobody expected us to be here, and, uh, except for the guys in the locker room. Viva Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. Viva Las I take Kevin Bowen. I tell you, KB, whatever they did, boy, the mics sound bad. Whatever they did or whatever they did not do in Las Vegas, it worked. What a night last night for the Indiana Pacers. And if you didn't know, you know. Tyrese Halliburton is a stud. This team is pretty damn good. And the Pacers winners last night, we'll talk about it for the next three hours. We'll sprinkle in some Colts, a huge one against the Cincinnati Bengals there on Sunday, but a good morning to you. A pepping Kevin Bowen step this morning. Look at you. Yeah, uh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Um, you know, regular season Pacers wins. We just don't talk about it in, in this light. And, you know, it, it's one thing for, and Tyrese Halliburton certainly been the catalyst, Andy. They wanted this. They, 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 they wanted this stage. They've talked about it from the first you know, in-season tournament game. It's one thing to want it. It's another thing to deliver on the stage, and you know whether it was Monday night against Boston or last night, Andy, I just didn't watch either of those games and think it was flukish. You know, it's not like the Pacers hit 
whatever, 23 three-pointers in the win on Monday or the win last night. It's no, they like hit Hall- seven last night. Yeah, seven of, what, 30-something. Uh, it's not like Halliburton went off for 40 or, you know, Buddy Heald hit nine threes in a game or something like that. Um, this is real, and this is a team that deserves what they're going to get Saturday night. It is so fitting it's LeBron. It's so fitting it's the Lakers. I don't know if they should shave their heads and rock the black shoes and black socks like it's 2000 in the finals <laughs> all over again. Um, Boy, but- the Pelicans didn't show up. By the way, is my mic on? Switch the mic. I don't know if that one's working. Oh, the mics don't work? All right. Are we having a mic function here? All right. Does that oh, sound now better? You sound good. All right. Here, let's check your real Yep, there, there it is. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean... You the, were like the Pelicans Well, there. the Pelicans didn't even show up. But, I, I mean, listen, we we had a lot of fun around here the last couple days, did we not, about, well, you're going to get into Miami. You're in Miami. You're going to get into Vegas, and there's a lot to do in Vegas. And, uh, you know, it's going to be gambling and everything else in Vegas. And this team seemingly dialed in. And, Kevin, I think you're spot on from moment one. And I don't know if every team did this, but from moment one, one when the in-season tournament was asked to either the players, Tyrese Halliburton, Rick Carlisle, you could tell that they had bought in, that they had put a premium on these games. Now, to be certain, they have games that they didn't put a premium on, right? You can go back to Portland and the Hornets and the Chicago Bulls, and that's a different part of the season. But for right now, this team in this in-season tournament has shown up, and they showed up last night night and that was a great game I mean it was back and forth and it never felt like when one team got a little bit of a lead that they were just going to take a six point league and make it 15 and the game was going to be over or anything like that and then you get to the fourth quarter and I'm telling you we had this conversation was it two days ago when we had the sound from Halliburton where he's like I'm 23 kind of living the dream every time he's making one of these big plays multiple big plays big shots in the game uh, it just complete. It, it continues to concrete his ascension as an absolute star. Yeah. And you had Reggie Miller singing his praise yesterday. You had Doris Burke and Mike Breen, uh, Breen singing his praise yesterday. You had the TNT guys. Had he and his father. We got the sound. We'll play it later on. John Halliburton on set. So a little Stephen A. A little Charles Barkley, Ernie and company there. And you are seeing your team, the Pacers, who have not had this in how many years? You could answer that question. Uh, becoming a team that people like, that they find fun, and quite frankly, people are like, yeah, let's go. I mean, I, I, I think, I actually want to talk about this later. I disagree with Rick Carlisle. I don't think people dislike the Pacers being there. I think the I think people are embracing yeah. the Pacers and Halliburton and their style and their way they're winning. And last night was a fun game. And thank God it was at 5 o'clock. It was so good for me. Halliburton is a flat-out star. Uh, the personality is infectious. The way he plays the game is infectious. Andy, I just, when you watch him, he's always a step ahead of everybody on the floor. Always. And he has such a great pulse on when do I quarterback and facilitate and then when do I feel like it's time to score. And the next step in kind of his stardom is a little bit of what we saw with the four-point play Monday night and the step-back three last night. Can you close? Mm-hmm. Can you be a closer? I mean, how many times in the NBA games, and, and I, it might be low-hanging fruit, but I'll use it because he played here, but so many times people said, oh, Paul George, he can't close. You know, he, he he's not the real star. He's not going to be a great closer on a legit NBA team. 
Tyrese Halliburton is showing closing moments on stages he has not been on before. And that, to me, is another reminder, Andy, of something I said on Tuesday. Every time I think Halliburton has reached a very high ceiling, let me be clear, he just punches through that ceiling. And last night was one of them. The stats are mind-boggling, and they tell the entire story. Tyrese Halliburton in win or go home against the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks, the class of the Eastern Conference, Andy Sweeney combined in those two games, 53 points, 28 assists, and zero turnovers. Imagine saying to someone, say this to TJ McConnell, say it to Andrew Nemhard, and I hope that Nemhard injury is not serious because that did not look good, and he is a he was a key cog in, in helping kind of weather the third the third well, quarter Well, he broke storm. the zone. They went zone, and he's like, cool, he I'll, very go, I'll go to the free yeah. throw line, and I'll take a 10 to 12 footer, and I'll make it. Yeah, it looked like a little... Gonzaga zone was thrown at him back in the day. But. That's it. By, by the way, is that the most zone you've seen in an NBA game in how long? I mean, they played almost an entire half the first of zone. Whole second half. Yeah, yeah. They, they played at the least Bucks a quarter and a half, it felt like, of zone, and you never see that. No. Never see that. That's a college thing. Again, imagine saying to Nemhard, imagine saying to TJ McConnell, imagine saying to whatever, Darren Collison, a former Pacer point guard, you're going to go play 70 minutes against the two best teams in the Eastern Conference, and your goal is you cannot commit a turnover. Just if that was just the only goal, that would be an insane fail. feat. Right? If you didn't commit a turnover in seventy minutes, then you say to that person, "You know what? That's not enough. Not committing a turnover is not enough. You've got to get twenty-eight assists <laughs> in seventy minutes of basketball." And on and, top of that, right? That's not enough. You got to make all the you shots. You got to score fifty-three <laughs> points on those stages. I mean, it is absolutely absurd what he's doing and we've said this time and time again but again the national audience is now getting the first glimpse at it Andy he's not throwing chess passes that I used to have at Butler basketball camp back in the day did you see the Obi Toppin alley-oop from midcourt I mean it's he is a joy he is an absolute joy to watch um and at the same time, it's not like he's the sole reason why we talk about the Pacers winning that game. Certainly, he's the lead guy. He's the catalyst. But Miles Turner just kept attacking and attacking. I thought at moments Bruce Brown was critical, even though it was a bit of an up-and-down game. TJ McConnell in the second quarter, we cannot lose sight of what he did. He kind of jolted a really, frankly, I thought an 18,000 hungover atmosphere uh, for the better part of those, those four quarters yesterday. He was big. And now the Pacers get a crack at LeBron Saturday night. And I guess it's a little bit of house money, literally. Because, again, Saturday night's game will not count towards the 82-game uh, record for this team. But it is a game that uh, has $500,000 on the line. So so if Halliburton wants to have seven turnovers, this would be the game <laughs> to have seven turnovers. No, listen, this is... You know, a lot of times a superstar can be unlikable or a team can be unlikable. I'm sure the Pacers have had their share of teams and guys that have been on their teams that while they're good players and you could even consider them a superstar in the league, that 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 it, they only have a factor of unlikability. That's not this team. No, he ain't James Harden. I, I, no, the, I mean, Tyrese Halliburton is absolutely likable. And the thing that is happening this year is his ascension 
position to be known as one of the top 10 players in basketball, period. I don't mind saying top 10. You might say it's top 5, 7, 8. We can put a number on it, but he is a top 10 player because he is a complete player and because of all the stats that you just listed. Uh, And they are a likable team. They are a mix of guys who are role players, guys that maybe haven't quite been wanted by their former teams, Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin wasn't really wanted by the Knicks, and the Knicks didn't play Obi Toppin, right? Um, And they have found a way to be gritty, and they have found a way to be likable. And you know what I thought? And then, you know, the Colts play on Sunday, and we'll talk a lot of Colts. By the way, Matt Taylor going to join us uh, at 9 o'clock. Greg Raystraw going to join us coming up at the top of the 8 o'clock hour. You know, I'm I'm not taking anything away from what the Colts have done. I mean, they are on a potentially magical run themselves right now. And by the way, just as an aside, it is fun seeing both of these programs uh, have this sort of fun, and both of them have the youth that you don't feel like that it's going to just be a shot in the dark or a blink and it's over. Halliburton is signed here, building around he and Rick Carlisle and what they have. But I got thinking, even if you gave me the same wins and losses, KB, and you gave me the same record for the Colts, and you, can you imagine this? But it was Anthony Richardson getting those wins on the road against the Tennessee Titans. Saw Richardson against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Had a tweet last night oh, about Mister Mister Halliburton. Did he? So we'll have to get he to did. that. But you know what I'm saying? Sure. Like you yeah. would have, you right. would have the city of Indianapolis would have a top ten basketball player and would have in the league, in the world, quite frankly. And you would have an ascending quarterback. Again, I'm not. Listen, I know that's not happening, but that's what it made me think that hey, next year that could be the conversation here. As the Pacers build and as Anthony Richardson comes back, no better time to do a morning show in Indianapolis. How about that? And you know what? I don't want to get into this Mount Rushmore debate of where Tyrese Halliburton is, but I'll just say this, Andy. If you're going to boil it down to the first month and a half of this NBA season, there's no way after Nikola Jokic you get very far on the list before you put Halliburton on that. There is no. If you just talk about this season and what he's done, again, you pencil him in every night for 50 to 60 points that he directly contributes with his scoring and with his assists. The other thing I thought was key, not only last night, but going back to Monday again, is in both of these games, Andy, Boston it was kind of early fourth quarter on Monday. Milwaukee, obviously, was right out of halftime last night. Both of these championship teams, Milwaukee and Boston, they punched you right on the chin. I mean, they hit you square. In the second half, and how many times do you see the plucky underdog? It's it's a little reminiscent of kind of Butler's run to me over a decade ago, the back-to-back runs for Butler. I think back to the Florida Elite Eight game when Florida was a number one seed. I'm thinking, you know, okay, you know, here's where kind of Butler's magic runs out a little bit. And yet they withstand that punch and they punch back. That's what the Pacers did last night. That's what they did on Monday night, even when... The championship team, the favorite, et cetera, et cetera, punches you pretty squarely in the second half. But can I even can I even extrapolate that just a little bit here? Sure. This team, and they've used the in season tournament to do this. Not not in totality, but this team walked into the Boston game on Monday, 
not feeling the best about themselves. Am I wrong there? I mean, you go back the prior week and a half or so, you split in Philly, not bad. You come back, you lose to Orlando, you lose to Toronto, uh, you're in a close game to Detroit, you lose to Portland, and then you give up 142 points I thought to Saturday the Miami night Heat. in Miami was key. Uh, agreed. Saturday night, they helped bounce back, but these last few games, and you could throw Miami in, but these last few games, they have rebounded from a week and a half or so of basketball that Rick Carlisle did not like the way they were playing. And they bounced back and won these games and really took the bad taste out of their mouth. Did they not? Beat by, of course, Saturday what they did in Miami, but coming home, beating Boston in a game that had something on it because of the in-season tournament, and then all the hoopla uh, about going to Vegas and playing in front of Floyd Mayweather. (laughs) Who else was there? There were a few celebrities there at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. There were, and the one thing, I I don't want to harp on the atmosphere too, too much, because the Pacers deserve to be celebrated today. But the one thing I'll say on the atmosphere and a tweak I'd like to see for next year, if you're going to do the Vegas thing, and the players want to go to Vegas, let's let's be abundantly clear. Sure. They, they, they want to experience Vegas in these semifinal, final atmospheres. What I'd like to see is this. Andy Sweeney, you're a Pacers season ticket holder, okay? Here's your uh, season ticket package in whatever, May and June, and you're signing up for it for that next season. You've got an option on the, on the bottom of that season ticket package. If we make to Vegas... Would you like to go? And, you know, here's the price, et cetera, et cetera. And you check that yes, okay? You're one of 1,000 Pacers fans. That's a good idea. That sign up for that package. So, in that arena last night, 18,000. I was Maddie's cousin actually lives in Vegas. Yeah, did they end up going? Huge Pacers fan. She was in the lower bowl. Oh, that's awesome. And she was texting me in the first half. She's like, this is kind of... It was kind of dead, yeah. Kind of lethargic. I mean, it felt bubble-like. It felt NCAA tournament noon-like. It felt, yeah, the 110 game on NCAA tournament uh, Thursday or Friday. So, what I'm saying is this. All 30 NBA teams... Each of them have a thousand season ticket members that have signed up for this package. And obviously, it depends on if your team makes it or not. And then once, you know, Monday happens in that 48 hour period, you make sure those thousand can go. You put them in their own individual fan sections, if you will. And now you've got something of an environment there. That is a tweak I would like to see. But again, leave it to TJ McConnell to kind of ignite things in a very quiet atmosphere there in the second quarter. And the Pacers are moving on to Saturday night. It is an 8.30 tip. It is LeBron. It is the Lakers. That is extremely fitting on so many levels. Good Friday morning to you. Mark Dykton is back from Disney. Does that Hello. mean you need another vacation? Uh, no. I think I'm going to let those roll over to 2024. Maybe. We'll Mark, see. Yeah, great but, to see you. But, it, but is you. it a vacation if you go with all the kids and family to Disney? I don't know. I, eventually, I'll find out. No one was happier for the solo well, flight home than Mark Dykton, probably. And, and then the oh, thing, that steam room and the sauna got a workout on like last night. Well, and then think about this as well. Uh, I, not too many people do this. Mark Dighton came back to work one day I on know, a Friday. I know. I, I, I think that's a, how you do it, though, right? Well, it either is or people are calling you an idiot. It's one or the other. Yeah. I don't know which one it is. I know. I was like, wait, he's doing He's really coming in on this Friday? <laughs> mm-hmm. but that's how much he's dedicated to what the Pacers are doing in Las Vegas you right now. Reset, Good for you. You want to reset from vacation. Do one days of half-ass work and then go back on a weekend. <laughs> Great intro from Mark Dykton here on this Friday morning. Thank you for closing out the week with us. It is the wake-up call. Plenty, plenty to get to, not only Pacers-wise, but Colts and Bengals. And the Colts got some help last night from the arch enemy. Yes, they did. We'll chat about that as well. It is the wake-up call. KB and Andy on 93.5, 107.5 The Fan. 
All right, morning check down. Going to be a busy morning here on the Wake Up Call. Greg Rakestraw going to join us at 8 o'clock. Matt Taylor at 9 o'clock. We feel good. We have a big football game on Sunday and a big basketball game on Saturday night because the Pacers did what they had to do last night over the Bucks. 128-119. One of the big moments of the game, that 25-foot step-back three-pointer by Tyrese Halliburton. Here's how it sounded right here last night on the fans. Court now explodes to the three point line, steps back, launches a three, and connects. 48 seconds to go. They're on their feet in Vegas. So are the Pacers, who go up by eight points. All right, that's the ESPN call. That was Kesty, who I love, Kesty, by the way. Here's how it sounded with Boyle and company. I'm still on vacation. Hold uh, on. on. Halliburton <laughs> off the Turner screen, back rim long with a three. Back tapped and grabbed by Halliburton. An offensive rebound with under a minute to go. Five-point lead. Halliburton driving to his left, steps back. Splash! 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 <laughs> the bench erupts. Coming off the floor as one to embrace Tyrese Halliburton. That, Eddie Gill, was cold-blooded. Splash, splash, splash sound like me at the pool at Disney. I'm like, move all the way, kids. I think I like that call better than the slot machine call oh, from Monday I night. Love, I know I you're going to disagree with that. One. I know you're going to disagree with that. Tremendous That's my favorite. by Mark Boyle. Again, the Pacers <laughs> take the big punch last night from Milwaukee in that third quarter. They deliver late. So they will move on to Saturday night. This is the championship game of the in-season tournament. It is an 8-30 tip. The Lakers are a slight favorite in that one. I think I saw it at three and a half. And honestly, it's just par for the course of the Pacers in this in-season tournament in beating the Cavs, beating the Sixers, beating the Hawks, beating the Pistons, beating the Celtics, beating the Bucks. Andy Sweeney, that is a 6-0 and run. They won five of those six games as underdogs. And again, fittingly Saturday night. It will be that again. LeBron just 22 minutes played last night because the Lakers a blowout. absolutely blew out the Pelicans. Uh, LeBron in 22 minutes, 30 points, 8 assists, 5 rebounds. Looked pretty vintage to me. If I'm not wrong, I was looking at something on Instagram uh, from the locker room, which is always fun. I love seeing the locker room stuff, whether it be after a Colts win or after a Pacer win. Is it true? Look at one of the assistant coaches here. 23 second-half points just in the fourth quarter by the Pacers. 23 second chance points? Se- second chance points. In the fourth? That, that's wow. what they said. If, if that stat is right, that I is an they unbelievable. The really well. Well, they did. I mean, yeah. that's just an unbelievable Isaiah stat. Isaiah Jackson, some key minutes. I know we won't you know, mention him a ton today, but. Well, you should. Considering He's plus where you're 14. At, from a front court depth standpoint, the bench for the Pacers really big last night. All right, speaking of last night, the Colts got some help from the arch enemy, uh, Mitchell Trubisky. If you want to compare old Mitchell to what, uh, do we call him Mitchell or Mitch? I kind of forget. I think it is Mitch, right? I think is when the Bears draft him, they said, which would you prefer? He's like, well, my mom calls me Mitchell. I'm like, okay. Well, I, I don't Mitchell. know if he deserves to choose what we call him after that performance last night. For how good Jake Brownie was Monday night, uh, Mitch Trubisky was the exact opposite last night. Boo birds all night long from the Steeler faithful. Well, they're chanting for Mason Rudolph. <laughs> they were. The Patriots Ugh. beat the Steelers. That does help out the Colts, um, who will face Pittsburgh coming up a week 
from Saturday. Speaking of that, Col- the Colts, are you surprised to see that line continuing to push towards Cincinnati? Uh, I guess I am a little bit. It's Is now that due two. To the Colts injury report. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, you, I don't think so. Do you? Th- I mean, do you think so? I, I'm trying to like. I don't think so. I mean, Juju Brents is back, right? I mean, I I don't know. You look at EJ Speed, injuries there on the offensive line. I cannot believe that's it. I don't know. To me, it would be... It would be people saying there's value betting at home the Bengals with that offense and Browning looking better on Monday night against Jacksonville that I'm getting that I'm getting a lot of value there gambling wise whereas maybe I'm not getting as much value on the Colts but just quickly going back to last night I told you Patriots plus six remember that yeah you I were told all you over that. I told uh-huh. you Pats plus six all they needed to do was score that early touchdown and I felt good about my bet but how bad is Mitch Trubisky. And how bad is that just offensive philosophy with the Pittsburgh Steelers? And I and I mean this. This is Mike Tomlin is a Hall of Fame coach. He's won a Super Bowl. Uh, I can understand why there is some frustration there. But I feel like if you gave Shane Steichen Mitch Trubisky, he'd be twice the quarterback that he is with the Steelers. You already have a a constipated offense as it is that doesn't seem to have any passing flow whatsoever, and then you take the starting quarterback out and put in a backup. Trubisky is not good. I don't know what they win the rest of the way. To me, the Steelers have lost to the Cardinals and then a two-win team in the Patriots in back-to-back weeks, and they still have here in Indianapolis, and they still go on the road to Seattle, who will absolutely be fighting for a playoff spot, and then they go on the road to Baltimore. The Steelers are done. In my mind, the Pittsburgh Steelers are done. I think Mitch Trubisky was bad, but it also sugarcoats how bad the Steelers' 100%. defense was because you got torched by Bailey Zappi all night. Yeah, it was, uh, it was ugly on all fronts. Again, Colts are going to see them a week from Saturday. We're going to have a college basketball tomorrow. It'll be Indiana going down to Atlanta to take on Auburn. It's a pretty typical Bruce Pearl team. Bruce, Bruce Pearl team. They're going to get after you full court. Obviously, the Xavier Johnson injury uh, didn't sound super optimistic from Mike Woodson on where... Uh, X is at. We'll see if it's going to be Gabe Cups kind of handling the ball against that pressure. Auburn did just lose to Appalachian State. Granted, (laughs) they're a decent mid-major that was on the road, but uh, two bad three-point shooting teams in this one. We'll see if Indiana can get something on the resume away from home here in the non-conference. And then Purdue, north of the border against Alabama. The Crimson Tide, they score a whole lot. Andy, I don't know if people care about this. Alabama and Auburn are both unranked. But in the Ken Pomeroy rankings, they're uh, actually yes. both top 20 teams. Are they so, really? Uh, but it does seem like a little bit more of a challenge in this one than maybe, you know, that ranking can indicate for you. Obviously, this is the Zach Eady homecoming game for the Boilers. Yeah, Purdue has a 69.5% chance of winning. I'm not going to call that an automatic win because last time I did this, uh, they <laughs> they didn't guard my man Bowie and they lost to Northwestern. <laughs> uh, on the other side, speaking of guarding, the Pacers did that last night. Uh, important defensive stops there late. Honestly, Giannis was relatively quiet for him in the fourth quarter. We will unpack all of that uh, and discuss the Pacers moving on to the in-season tournament championship coming up tomorrow night. Thank you for tuning in to the Wake Up Call. KB and Andy on 93.5107.5 The Fan. Halliburton off a Turner screen. Back rim long with a three. Back tapped and grabbed by Halliburton. An offensive rebound with under a minute to go. Five-point lead. Halliburton driving to his left. Stabs back. Splash! 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 The bench erupts. Coming off the floor as one to him.
embrace Tyrese Halliburton. That, Eddie Gill, was cold-blooded. I think that's how I'm going to start saying the word splash about, from now on. How about on. the Dame Time celebration after that? Pointing to the wrists, doing a little Damian Lillard moment. Halliburton tried to spin it in the, <laughs> I, no, I meant our time <laughs> yeah. after the Dame game. Dame was okay with it. After the game, he said, I get yeah, it. He's Dame, a young player. He's Dame, a good player. Dame was fine with it, but uh, that was quite the moment, quite the celebration from Tyrese Halliburton as the Pacers are moving on to the in-season tournament final coming up tomorrow night against the Lakers. Now, did this team, did this game have you in a tizzy yesterday? I mean, it's like 7.15. Our bodies are used to this game being, like, later yeah. on you used to, like, you know, do a little show prep, then go to bed, you know, put the kids to bed and everything else, but you got done with this game. It was 7.15. You had 30 minutes to cool down. You're, like, wired then, at that point. Yeah, and then you had Mitch Trubisky and, oh, uh, you know, yeah. Bailey Zappi took mm-hmm. over, and all you cared about was Patriots plus the six, or if you, God bless you, if you had anyone in fantasy football in that game, and then boom, the late game. What a good night. What a good, what a great night! You know, if you're a Pacer fan. By the way, I'm seeing all of the, I'm seeing all of like like bars and restaurants, and you know they're putting a bunch up on social media. And then Eddie uh, Garrison, I almost said Eddie Gill. Uh, Eddie Garrison sent us this on Saturday at GameBridge. They're gonna have a watch party for this, but you need to RSVP. And I think I think the way you do that, you can just search this on Ticketmaster, and the tickets don't cost anything. Right, but you st- uh-huh. Yeah, but you still have to get the tickets. Ticket there. Doors are going to be at 7.30, tip-off at 8.30 Saturday night. So if you're going to watch the game, you want to have some fun uh, with what I would imagine would be thousands of other Indiana Pacer fans. Saturday night, GameBridge Fieldhouse, 7.30, the door is open. Go to Ticketmaster and get those tickets. They're free, but you got to get them through, uh, I believe, Ticketmaster. I'm going to go look that up during the break, but again, that's going to be on Saturday night at GameBridge. Easiest yeah, way I can idea. describe it is if you do call Colts training camp, it's just like that. Just search Pacers on Ticketmaster, boom, it's right there, and you can just add however many you need. Yeah, and they added, uh, they're going to be pregame, in-game giveaways as well, concourse entertainments. You'll get the uh, Pacers personalities providing a little bit of fun throughout the night. So that is an 8.30 tip from Vegas coming up on Saturday night. I, I, I want to make sure that we go back to kind of that second quarter yesterday, Andy. I just thought TJ McConnell's energy level at that point of the game, you could tell that Rick Carlisle felt like you know something was needed. And again, it's such a lethargic atmosphere, particularly in the first half of that one. Uh, McConnell's the guy to kind of ignite things there. And really, I thought you got contributions all over the bench. It was not a perfect night for several of those guys. You know, Matherin struggled from the field. Mm-hmm. Neesmith was clanking them, but, you know, he gave you great stuff on the other end. You know, Bruce Brown was up and down. How about the defense from Bruce Brown, though, on Damian Lillard in that first half? Lillard didn't have a field goal at halftime. Now, that obviously quickly changed there in the third quarter. Um, and they pretty much stuck to the Obi Toppin, Aaron Neesmith, a couple others on Giannis. And... Boy, I'd probably have to dive into the fourth quarter a little deeper. It just didn't seem like Giannis was effective at all in the fourth quarter or really even touched it much in the fourth quarter there. Um, I thought some big, big moments defensively from Indiana against obviously a player that you know dropped 54 on you earlier this year and certainly has been beyond a thorn in your side in recent years. You know, it's generic analysis. You could say, well, Sweeney, this is corny analysis. You can hear this anywhere. But don't you feel like, and I know it's kind of like coach speak, I, I, I leave that game last night really feeling that everyone had a piece in them winning that game. 
I mean, obviously, Halliburton was fantastic. Uh, I thought Obi Toppin had his moments. I really thought he did. I mean, he was running the floor. I don't know how many times Reggie Miller called it out, whether it be Obi Toppin. I think Isaiah Jackson had a bucket or two like this to where, you know, the ball goes in, boom, they inbound. And, you know, I mean, it's a it's a layup. I remember, you know, they made a layup, did the Bucks, and boom, the Pacers are right down the other way, getting those easy buckets, getting those free buckets in two or three seconds in the shot clock. You know, Turner has been so good, especially early in games. Didn't we see that in the Boston game on Monday? And we saw it last night that while things can be uneasy, you know, Turner has been good early in games. I thought he kept attacking yesterday. You know, I mean, there were some moments where certainly Lopez got the best of him. But yeah, I, I thought that was another sign from Turner of like, this is not what we're maybe used what, to seeing from to see. him. By the way, I love Turner after the game. He's like, yeah, we don't have any Hollywood guys while he was wearing a leather jacket and sunglasses inside. I thought With that was no that. shirt <laughs> under no the shirt. suit and Halliburton made yeah. sure to point that out. <laughs> that was fu- uh, funny. You know, Neesmith wasn't making shots. He had the three at the end of the third quarter, which was big, but he was tough. He was a pesk. I mean, I mean, uh, he was a pest. That's what he was, uh, I thought, for the most part. And there were just other times where Giannis, when he puts that shoulder down and he almost goes Shaquille, he almost goes Shaq. Um, who calls him Shaquille, by the way? He almost goes Shaq where he puts that shoulder down into you. If they're not going to call that a charge, there's nothing anyone is going to be able to do, whether you're Obi Top and Isaiah Jackson, uh, Neesmith. Uh, speaking of Jackson, he was good. You mentioned TJ McConnell. Uh, Nemhard, when they went zone, Nemhard's like, cool, I'll hand Handle the ball. I'll you know flash to the middle and be able to hit that mid range jumper. And then he gets hurt. Bruce Brown comes into the middle of the zone. And fin- and does yeah, a really and, nice and, job. And finishes the game. I mean, you needed you needed all ten guys basically well, to win last night, and you got it if you're Rick Carlisle. And Andy, I think something that's optimistic about moving forward is you've shown a little bit of defensive grit here Thursday night and then Monday against Boston. If you would have told me last night. And you said the over-under was, what, 254, I believe it was, for this yeah, game? I would, I would have to look it up. Hang like, on just a second. That is obviously an insane number. And Indiana shoots 7 of 33 from behind the arc. 256 and a half. Oh, my gosh. It ended up 256 and a half. I think it was 254 when we ended the show. Uh, Milwaukee favored by 5 and a half. 7 for 33 from 3, and you win by 9. I mean, that, that to me... Can you win in other ways? And, and that is doing it. I mean, obviously Halliburton was incredible last night, but it's not like it was 45 from him. Or Buddy Heald had one of those nights where he just hits eight or nine threes. I mean, Buddy struggled shooting it. And yet you still found some other ways to win. You reacted to their zone. There were some struggling moments, but you did a nice job there. Um, and it was funny just kind of watching both those teams try to create their own tempo and their own pace throughout that second half there. So I think that's another sign you point to and be like, even on Monday, it's not like the Pacers hit 20-some threes mm-hmm. or 22 threes. You beat Boston, you beat Milwaukee, and you didn't need some out-of-body experience to do it. I'll tell you why that analysis matters. Because people that don't pay attention, eventually when we get to playoff time or down the stretch, KB, they will look at the Pacers, uh, and they'll do this with any team. And if that team makes a bunch of three, now maybe the analysis has changed a little bit with basketball. They'll say they live by the three and they die by the three, which is lazy analysis if you've never seen a team and you see that they shoot a lot of threes or in a stretch of a couple weeks they make a lot of threes. You say, well, they're just a team. If they're making a bunch of threes, that's fine. If not, they're a fraud. That hasn't been this team. And it wasn't this team last night. They won by a superstar being great. 
great. They won by, at times, gritty defense. They won by breaking a zone. They won by... 10 guys coming together, basically. They didn't win because they went out there and shot 42 threes and made 30 of them. That's not how they've won these games. Yeah, Monday and Thursday, to me, neither of those things were fluky. And you held both of those teams. And in today's NBA, considering where the Pacers have been on the defensive end of the floor, Andy, it's worth noting, they held Boston and Milwaukee to less than 115. And I mean, considering where this team is guarded this year... That was big, big time. And honestly, each of those teams, Boston and Milwaukee, they each had one big quarter. And then for the most part, Mm -hmm. you really locked them up, um, given how, again, it is typically looked for you. I... You know, watching Halliburton and, and seeing the praise and, and seeing all the national voices, it got me, you know, going back a little bit to the Team USA stuff this summer, Andy. And, and I, I think, you know, those were some of our early shows. And I don't know, at times I probably paid too much attention to the USA World Cup stuff. And I love it. I think it's really cool. And I thought it was a great experience for Halliburton. And what I particularly liked about it was hearing other guys talk about playing with Halliburton. And whether it was Paulo Boncaro. I remember him tweeting mm-hmm. after after one game like, Halliburton's never thrown me a pass that I don't like. <laughs> and you hear Steve Kerr describe him as a quarterback of like, yeah, he can find the five or I guess the four different receivers on a play, but if you don't have a pass rush on Halliburton, he'll just step back and he'll just bang one in on you. And you're thinking to yourself, what do you do? Do you stop him as the facilitator, the quarterback, or do you try and stop him as the score, it was another reminder to me, Andy, of with some of the best players or better players in the NBA and the first real experience of Halliburton on that national scale, those around the NBA, whether it was Steve Kerr, whether it was the players on the team, they're like, damn, this dude is special. And that, to me, was just kind of another sign leading into the season of like, all right, I think Tyrese Halliburton is pretty darn good. But when I kind of heard that and saw it, he was one of Team USA's better players, frankly. That, to me, was another sign of like, wow, this could be another rung up the ladder for him on where and how he's viewed from a uh, you know national standpoint. Oh, I think, it's, I think it's happening. In fact, you may even say it has happened. That's almost how I feel. Yeah, Reggie used ING late last night. He's a star in the making, I believe was Reggie's phrase. Yeah, I think after he hit the three. I just think he's flat out a star. Yeah, I I think we are moving uh, to that being the case. Now again, doing it on that stage, and and I get what Reggie was saying there. I mean, you need to go to the playoffs. I mean, this certainly, and, and that's where I get back to kind of, you took one on the chin in the third quarter, Halliburton delivers for you, your team responds. If you can bottle that up for April, Andy... That, to me, is probably what is the thing that stands out the most about Monday night and Thursday night. The wins are obvious, but how you got them done in the second half, if that stuff that Rick Carlisle in a huddle come April can say, guys, remember this, and they react to that in a positive way, so damn invaluable. Uh, I found this to be funny after the game. Good job of Brendan King cut this up overnight. Stephen A. and Chuck, you know, they had the crossover. So Reggie Miller, TNT guy, was on ESPN for the Pacer game. Stephen A. joined Chuck and company there from ESPN on the TNT late game. They were joking about Halliburton and James Harden. Take a listen. 
You know, I was talking to Woj. Woj said Halliburton is playing so good, James Harden wanted to be traded to Indiana. Oh, boy. That would be – that would be – listen. Wow. listen did Woj that, 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 that know you were going to quote him? No, no, that, yeah. that's <laughs> that would be the first report that I know of that Woj got wrong because Indiana and James Harden don't go together. We got rather T.J. That. Leaf than James Harden on this Pacers team. That's back-to-back days of T- of T.J. Leaf, right? It was a Woj clip that went viral before the game last night, and you know, Andy, to me, it was a reminder of the Team USA stuff. Of you know, just watch him play. How do guys not want to seek that out? Um, here was Adrian Wojnarowski last night on Tyrese Halliburton and what he's trying to build here in Indy. Tyrese Halliburton, Woj is here with us on set. The Pacers, they really have been the surprise team in the tournament. They've been the surprise team of the season. And Tyrese Halliburton has been the, the breakout star. What are they hoping? What are the Pacers hoping? How, how can they capitalize on this? Malika, guys, I was talking to Tyrese Halliburton last night, and he talked about growing up a Milwaukee Bucks fan in Oshkosh, That's Wisconsin, right. and thinking with his friends that the Bucks would never be able to get star players or be able to keep star players. And then he saw Giannis Antetokounmpo change that. Tyrese Halliburton wants to have that kind of impact in Indiana. And this is a team with uh, salary cap space and draft picks. And he knows that his team president, Kevin Pritchard, been really aggressive in the last year trying to chase players like Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi in Toronto, offering big trade packages for players who could become free agents in the near future. And what changes the equation for the Pacers now is they know they have a Pied Piper in Tyrese Halliburton, that uh, guys are going to want to play with him. And as Halliburton said to me, I'm going to get you shots. I'm going to make life easy for you. And we are going to win. And that is really Halliburton's mission right now, uh, is to use this tournament, use this season to start making the case to start players around the league. Come play with me in Indiana. His passing is oh. great. Oh, you couldn't ask for anything better. Injected into your veins, right? Uh, you love that, don't you? Injected into your you veins. You need to I, smile more at that. that that's the best thing you could hear about your superstar. I've always just had this feeling about Halliburton that I think he's wired the right way. I think there's so many elements, and there's little things to his background, Andy, that I think are important to that. You know, like a little thing. His agent and his big marketing person, they're both Indiana University grads. I mean, that's just a little thing with that. Um, I talked about, I'm not going to pretend to know him very well, well at all, frankly. You know, last year did a little Thanksgiving um, uh, giveaway um, with him and happened to be at the station of his family. And whether it's his dad or his mom, who you saw on the TNT set, his girlfriend, like they just seem like down to earth people. And I just think he's fully embraced this. I want to prove and I want to be on these stages where I have never even sniffed in my winning career. You know, he states that a lot before he even gets into kind of the individual stuff. It's team, it's win, it's the pronoun of our. Uh, those things, I think, are all important. And yeah, the Pacers got to do their part. They've got to support him as a star. But right now, they've built something really nice, and they have so many options still moving forward that they can continue to tweak, continue to build around him. Um, I, I, I would argue this is the most exciting time this franchise has had in over a decade. I would agree. You know, KB, I, I go back to... Like when Derrick Rose was was with the Bulls. Remember that? And there was like the couple summers where everyone was giving out the big time deals. Remember Derrick Rose says, oh, I'm not going to, 
You know, when Carmelo comes into town, remember that when Melo came came into town. Oh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be on the forefront of of asking him to join me. And that was so stupid then. And Halliburton is the opposite of that. And you you know, listen, I, I've said this all week. You have to have a guy like that who is the center point of your organization. And they got that in the trade. And they won the trade because they got that. And then another thing. Last thing this segment. Again, Rakesraw going to join us here in about seven minutes. I am a believer in this. Both the Colts and the Pacers coming together here. When we started the show, Kevin, I was real worried about the cold season becoming the woe is me season, right? Well, you know, they'd had bad years and then the quarterback gets injured and then it's Gardner Minshew and then it's all the Jonathan Taylor stuff and even Grover Stewart gets six games and I thought this season was going to be losses and was going to be the woe is me train and it's not. And then with the Pacers, it was like, We thought they were going to be a playoff team, but then you have to go out and do it, right? Then you have to go out, and in those big moments, you have to take advantage as a team and Halliburton as a superstar, and they did it. And to kind of marry the two narratives together, there is an ultimate feel-good around, I mean, isn't that kind of what you feel around this team? Now, it all could change, right? I mean, things could happen with the Pacers and the Colts could lose on Sunday and lose to Pittsburgh the next weekend on a Saturday afternoon, and we could have different narratives, but the narrative right now is the Colts have something that is going in the right direction, and if their quarterback is above average, they really have something going in the right direction, and there's no way you can look at the Pacers and not feel that they have the thing that is the most difficult to get, and that is a young guy who is bought in, who is all in, who is yours, and who is under contract, and who you can build around. And so, listen, I, I'm not trying to you know put a curse on him, but both of these programs right now are moving in a feel-good, positive direction, and it's been a while since both of them at the same time have been doing so. The only thing I'd add on Halliburton, young guy bought in, he's also a guard, and he's a point point guard. Exactly. And, and He's that, not a I center. Think, is important for where you're at in today's NBA. And again, it, it's probably more of a wing-driven league, but when you have a point guard like that, and all of a sudden all these guys play with him, they naturally want to play like the style that Halliburton brings. Obviously, no one can do it to his degree, but still, it's a team that moves the basketball uh, extraordinarily well, and, and they're bought in, and, and he's carrying the torch, and how do you not want to follow that right now with where the Pacers are at? Pacers-Lakers coming up Saturday night. Uh, we will talk a lot about that throughout the rest of the show. Greg Rakestraw joins us next. The Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. 69-68, to 68, Lillard again, and he is feeling it. Missed his first seven shots. That's his third three of the third quarter. And since starting zero of seven, he's gone five for six. Halliburton counters with a three from dead on top. Pacers can take the lead. One minute gone, fourth quarter. Four court right edge. Nemhart out to the left edge. Matherin wants three, but doesn't get it. McConnell, the smallest man on the floor, snuck in there and tipped it in. High screen Lopez. Lillard uses it to drive in, but he missed off the back of the rim and Isaiah Jackson got it to Halliburton. Long pass to the other end. Gliding through the air with 
the greatest of ease. Toppin caught it at the rim and reverse jammed it. Halliburton off a Turner screen. Back rim long with a three. Back tapped and grabbed by Halliburton. An offensive rebound with under a minute to go. Five-point lead. Halliburton driving to his left. Steps back. Splash! 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 The Banshee erupts. Coming off the floor as one to embrace Tyrese Halliburton. That, Eddie Gill, was cold-blooded. A lot of people didn't want us here. We don't care about that. We earned our way here. We earned our way to three additional national TV games. So people are going to find out about the Pacers. We're shocking the world right now. Nobody expected us to be here, and, uh, except for the guys in the locker room. Viva Las Vegas. Ah, uh, yes, the sights and sounds. Splash <laughs> from Vegas. Pacers winners. You got to be feeling pretty good about that. We've talked a ton about that. Uh, we do have the Colts in action, obviously, coming up on Sunday. We'll talk a bunch of that as we go here on the Wake Up Call. Matt Taylor going to join us in the 9 o'clock hour. Greg Rakestraw joins us right now. His normal Friday 8 o'clock slot with the fellas here uh, in the morning. He joins us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Greg, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing great, fellas. How are we doing today? Uh, we're doing fantastic. Could you incorporate the splash, splash, splash into any of your calls, do you think, here over the next few months? Oh, I just have like about 100 <laughs> basketball games over the course of the next three months. I think I could work that in. I think you probably can. Well, let's start there. What did you make? I know it's a general question. I'll let you take it wherever. What did you make of the Pacer game last night, really the last couple games? And now one of the uh, main talking points of the NBA are the Indiana Pacers and is Tyrese Halliburton. It's just tremendous. Uh, and I thought that that – you know, Rick Carlisle and the soundbite you just played, because so that's circulating on social media last night. I thought that I, I thought he hit on the key point, not for his team, because you know, at the talking point, everybody's looking for motivation. But from a team standpoint, does it make you a better team because you're playing on national TV? No, but man, it it is worth its weight in millions, if not more, for a team that has been, you know, so off the radar to now make three consecutive appearances in the course of a week on national television. This is massive for the Pacers brand. So what it does is it kind of shows me just how much Rick Carlisle is invested, not just in coaching this team, but is invested in this franchise because that is huge. Um, this team is now overall 12 and eight, which is good. Not great. I think most of us would have to say, Hey, you repeat 12 and eight, you know, that's one quarter of the season. You repeat that, you know, over the course of the next three-fourths of it, you're about a 48 or 49-win team. I think most of us had kind of hoped 45-ish, so clearly you're on, you're on the right track. I think the thing, though, that, that catches your attention is the caliber of teams you have beaten in your own conference. Yeah. You've now beaten the Bucks twice. You've beaten the Celtics. Without Tyrese Halliburton, you won in Miami. You're beating the other best teams in your conference. Now, there is some slip-ups in terms of some losses you shouldn't shouldn't have lost to, but that's part of the growing you know you know uh, program for a young team. So it is so cool that they get this national stage. It's so cool they get the opportunity to have this extra game. But again, 
this is putting the Indiana Pacers back on the map Yep, really for the first time in about a decade. Yeah, and I'll add one more. At Philly, I mean, that was a huge win they got in that in-season group play as well. It was a bounce-back win after Maxi put up like 45 or whatever it was. Right, and remember, remember played in that game. Um, Rake, uh, the last one for me, Pacers-wise, maybe it's hyperbole and, you know, so fortunate to grow up in this market when Peyton Manning and Reggie Miller were doing their thing. Is it hyperbole to say, uh, you know, a, a Max Bowen or some kids a little bit older than Max, you're going to have a Tyrese Halliburton equivalent of that? I think so. And, and you know, I, obviously my kids are 12 and 9, which means that most of my friends' kids are of a similar age. And, like, for example, I got a text message from a buddy of mine saying, I'm looking about buying, you know, Pacers tickets for the Warriors game and asking about prices because – you know, his friend's son is such a massive Steph Curry fan. And it's been a long time since the kids locally said, I'm such a massive Reggie Miller fan. I'm such a massive insert, you know, name of player here. You know, Danny Granger kind of had the torch for a little while. Unfortunately, injuries kind of curtailed his career. Paul George had it for a while and elected not to be here. Victor Oladipo was like a comet, you know, for a year or two was kind of a big deal. Halliburton's that guy, you know, and, and obviously it was more than ceremonial that Reggie Miller was there last night. Tyrese Halliburton is that guy. And this has already been underway, but again, it was kind of an exclamation point as to, again, what we think Reggie was for the better part of, of 15 years it's looking like Halliburton might be that guy here. And now you've got kids locally. So they're still going to love Steph Curry. They're still going to love LeBron James. Insert favorite player here. But more and more of those will say, give me that number zero jersey. Halley's my guy. That's the guy that I want to be the big fan of. And it's, again, it's something you have to have to be a successful NBA franchise. That's really well said. Greg Rakestraw with us here on the Payless Slickers Hotline. Rake shifting gears to the I-74 matchup Sunday afternoon. There's a reason why I ask this. Um, Who's the most important Colts rookie of this season? If he plays, if he's if he's starting, it might be Blake Freeland. Um, if, if that's kind of what you're getting at, yeah, that, that, that that's um, where I'm going with it. Ray Braden Smith has not practiced again to start this week. We could be looking at if you count Freeland starting last week. Braden Smith left after three snaps. This would be Blake Freeland's sixth start of the year, Rake. He's done well. Uh, and, and like he's been serviceable, I, 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 but like serviceable right. has got it done because the Colts have had disaster at backup tackle before, and it's gotten them killed and it's gotten them a lot of losses. No, I mean the fact is, you know, the first game or two, it was a bit of a struggle, as you expect any rookie. Uh, you would kind of say the same thing about Bernard Ryman last year, but he got better as the season went along. Freeland has been very valuable, and this has been a year for depth in the Colts draft classes and. Kevin, my, my guess is if there is a year that this one reminds you of, it's 2012, correct? Yeah, mm-hmm, certainly. Okay. So, and, 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 and so let's go to that draft class of 2012. It's pretty obvious who the first pick was. But people forget of the contributions. Vic Ballard was, what, a fifth or sixth round pick? And 800 rushing Wayne yards Allen, as a rookie. What, what, what was a third round pick? You know, and so you know, guys were selected deeper in that draft and had immediate impacts 
All right, you're saying that about this group. You know, Freeland, the fourth-round pick. Jones being the seventh-round pick. Downs being the third-round pick. Um, Again, it just illustrates you that this is one of those years for the Colts where things are seemingly falling into place. It's schedule. It's way that they're winning. It's guys that are getting different contributions from seemingly every week. Thankfully, we haven't had the 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 you know coach leukemia and and, and serious health issue to deal with uh, that you had with with, with 2012. But other than that, there's a lot of similarities between that year and this year. And that year was 11 and five when no one expected it. And and this is starting to trend in a similar direction. Greg Regstraw with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. You know, I was kind of bullish on this Bengals team. Joe Burrow goes down. I'm thinking it's going to be easy. You see their offense against the Steelers. It was pretty bad a couple weeks ago. And then the Bengals on Monday Night Football go, and they put up more than 30 points, and they beat Jacksonville on the road, and Jake Browning was great. Over 350 yards, rake, 32 of 37. Did that offensive performance by Cincinnati, I guess, how how much did it change your view of the game coming up on Sunday? Significantly. You know, we were starting to write this off as, you know, if you looked at it a month ago, this was the toughest game left on the schedule. You looked at it two weeks ago, you're like, hey, that just got a whole lot easier. The Bengals bowled out on Monday night. Now, again, defensively, still weren't that great. And, yes, you've got a much better chance with it being Jake Browning and not being Joe Burrow. But there's a lot of other offensive weapons that Browning has to work with. And so this puts this game right back in the category of everything we have been saying over the course of the last month, which is that the Colts can beat anybody on their schedule. And the Colts can be beaten by anybody that is on their schedule. I do think the margin for error for the Colts is a little bit lesser in this game than it's been in some previous games because of how the Bengals played on Monday night. He is Greg Rakestraw. He's with us here on the Payless Slickers Hotline. Rake, I am uh, going to assume it's a busy day down at Southport for you tomorrow? It is a busy day. I actually have the first two games tomorrow, so I'm looking forward to seeing Braylon Mullins. And again, we've now entered the territory where a lot of these top local players that I'm calling, you know, I called their dad's games, you know, 20 and 25 <laughs> years ago. So, 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 uh, and, and I'm partial to the Mullins family because Josh played for us at IUPUI, was on our NCAA tournament team now 21 years ago. Uh, and so I'm really looking forward to being on the call of that one. Um, and then the second game is, is Center Grove and Warren Central. In terms of the other headliner games, um, they're all headliner games. Heritage Hills, Garen Catholic, Noblesville Addicts, Lawrence North, who got a really good win on Wednesday night. Obviously, people after the game weren't talking about the win, talking about what happened outside of the gym. But, again, I, I think LN's best is the best in the state. Are they unbeatable? No. But I, I'm not sure anybody else can kind of get to their ceiling, and they're going to be good for the next two or three years because they have a bunch of sophomores and juniors that are playing at key spots for them. And then Kokomo and Fishers, and the job that Garrett Weininger and the Fishers Tigers have done, they're 5-0 and going to the weekend. That's without Jalen Harrelson. That's their best player leaving to go to La Lumiere, and the Tigers are still undefeated. So I'm sad I won't be seeing them, but I'm thrilled we have the game for you on MyNDTV and ISC Sports Network. And that game against Kokomo and Floyd Badunga tips tomorrow night at 8.30. Maybe it was just the positions, or maybe I just, whatever, lack of sleep. Did I miss a Mr. Football announcement? 
No, they have made the Mr. Football positional announcements. Got they it, have got not it. made the overall Mr. Football announcement just yet. And that is likely to go where? I think it's Josh Ringers. Um, the numbers that he put up. And he's the East Central so running back? Uh, the East Central running back, the one of Ohio. He had 60 touchdowns this year. I don't know how it finished up because other states finish their playoffs either a week or two weeks uh, after Indiana does. Uh, he was the second leading scorer in the nation going into the final weekend of the season. 55 rushing touchdowns, five receiving touchdowns. I think he finished 14th or 15th on the all-time rushing list in the state of Indiana, and he finished in the top 10 in terms of career points scored in the state of Indiana. Played on a beyond dominant team. There's a lot of other great candidates, and he may not be the highest rated recruit. Uh, I think he's in the top 10 of, of that list, but I think Mr. Football is his. Rake, I am giddy for our trip to South Bend coming up in a little over a week. Oh, nice. So which game are you guys going to see again? I forgot all about this. We are going to see so the – go ahead, Rake. We're going to see the Citadel, uh, and just it, it happened to work out that way in my schedule. Um, a good friend of mine is the play-by-play voice of the Citadel. Uh, I don't think he's listening since he lives in South Carolina. This is a surprise to him, so nobody tell him. Um, but I've got friends, really good friends, on both the men's and women's coaching staff at Notre Dame. And um, I-, I have not been up to South Bend for a game in 21 years. Oh, my God. So, oh, man. It's, yeah, so, it, so it's, it's – it's, uh, I go back to the Joy Center days, <laughs> not the Purcell Pavilion days. So um, same bones, completely different building. It's been way too long. Looking forward to going back. But obviously – you know, getting some quality road trip time with my boy. Cass. You guys are going to be VIP up there. I, I like the wait. sound I of this. I cannot wait for you guys. the coattails of Greg Rakestraw. I, I have been promised, in all seriousness, <laughs> that we're getting Andy Sweeney-level seats. Oh, yeah, oh. please. For all the free stuff. Hey, now. There we oh, go. Now. He's at the quarter pole of the, the Derby. Raptors, like, legitimately courtside. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. I told, I reminded Maddie of it last night. She's like, wow, you're really happy about this. I'm like, yes, I am. Uh, Ray, uh, <laughs> cannot wait for that. Enjoy Southport tomorrow. Enjoy the postgame show on Sunday. And I will uh, see you next week. Thanks, fellas. Greg Rakestraw, right there, Payless Slickers. Hot now, are you going to be needing to be restrained by Ray? No, I, I told Ray I would behave. Does Shrewsbury know your love affair? With him, or is this a one-sided relationship? We interviewed right now? him afterwards, and I think he but was definitely creeped out when he first got hired. I had my shirt on for that interview. <laughs> to be clear, as far as he knows, you did. I did. I, I had my shirt on. He's not watching yeah. the YouTube replay anyway. Let's be, be honest. Hands in my pockets. I will. Be you will be able to slap the floor. I'll, I'll be, be on. on all you have to. I'll be on good behavior. Notre Dame Marquette Saturday. A are, tough are, one for the. Are, I was about to say, are they going to beat the Citadel? That's the other uh, thing. Citadel actually is good. At least I tried to tell Rake that, and I'd he be worried. He looked at me cross-eyed with that. You know something. Funny that okay that you said then Rake led into it. You mentioned you know growing up Reggie Miller, Peyton Manning. Again, I'll go back to what I said in hour number one. If the Colts were doing what they were doing right now with Anthony Richardson, we'd absolutely that would be something we'd be talking well, about the basketball football you know guy that you could look towards. And then the second thing he mentioned it did Rake about the Golden State Warriors game. You know people texting. I have had probably in the last week and a half given that people are, are paying attention to the Pacers more. 
I probably had three or four people reach out. Hey, you got any Pacer tickets? Like, no, man, I don't have any Pacer <laughs> oh, that tickets. All the time. Oh, yeah. The Pacers Warriors, sure. How many do you need in section 108? Right, exactly. Just tell yeah, me, you need uh-huh. the entire row, you need a family you four want pack. Steph Curry jerseys on the seats waiting for yeah, you. Yeah, you want to sit next to Steph Curry when he's practicing the threes while he's sitting down. Whatever you need, I'll take care of you. Try being it- Jake Query with the uh <laughs> the seats that Shannon has and then having Indy five hundred requests oh. in the month of May. Oh, I, I can't even imagine that. that. Yeah, yeah, I mean I guess to take it a step further with the point you just made about Richardson, Andy, you know, we're going to have Lynn Dunn on here to round out the show today, and no one matches the energy of Lynn Dunn. She'll be perfect to have on to not only talk a little Pacers, but certainly the Fever. They've got the lottery coming up on Sunday. They have the 40% chance of the number one overall pick. That is the highest of any team in the WNBA, and that's Caitlin Clark. Can yeah, you imagine? I just can't. No. And, and, and I, I don't want to discredit what Aaliyah Boston did in her rookie season either as the number one overall pick, but in this market... A Halliburton, a Richardson, an Aaliyah Boston, maybe even a Caitlin Clark. You know, if you are a young boy or sure. girl growing up in this market, I mean, I was very fortunate to, you know, be born in 1989 and Reggie Miller was what? A couple of years into his NBA career. And then, boy, Peyton Manning comes around, you know, less than a decade later. And what a time to grow up and, you know, be in this market. And, you know, I guess. Selfishly, for all three of us in this room, for our kids to have something similar uh, would be absolutely incredible. Uh, on that note, it is Pacers and Lakers coming up Saturday night uh, for the in-season tournament title. You think back to that 2000 NBA Finals, the shaved heads, the black shoes, the black socks. I don't know if we're going to get that out of the Pacers coming up Saturday night, but uh, Andy, uh, pretty vintage LeBron last night. Yeah, but you couldn't... I mean, this is who you wanted to face, right? Oh, hell yeah. I mean, that's not only who the NBA hell wanted yeah. Yeah. Y- you know, you to face, but it's also... like This has worked out great for the NBA. People are finding the Pacers. They're finding another superstar, and that just opens up yet another... Uh, an, you know, it opens up... Come on, it opens up an entire area again who is going to be interested, watching, buying, consuming, the uh, the Pacers and the NBA, and then you throw LeBron in there. And LeBron, what did you say? Played twenty two minutes last night. He had. And he got uh, to rest last night. That's an off night for LeBron James. Thirty points, eight assists, five rebounds in twenty two yeah, minutes. That's pretty good. The Lakers won by what forty? Was it forty four? I mean, the game was twenty. Po- it was a twenty point difference immediately. Pelicans didn't show up at all. I mean, you go look at like Brandon Ingram, Zion, all these guys. It's all single digits. All eight, nine, maybe ten points. All of them. It's unbelievable. We're gonna play obviously. See a lot of Halliburton and Pacer highlight clips here for the morning checkdown. Before we get to that, I do want to make sure we credit what the bench unit gave Indiana last night because I know it's not top of mind and I know it's not necessarily you know where these great clips come from. But what TJ McConnell gave you in the second quarter uh, when it was it was a lackluster, lethargic environment. I tweeted out at halftime, Andy. It sounded like you had eighteen thousand hungover Vegas people in there, and it changed a little bit in the second half and the fourth quarter, but. You needed something, and McConnell provided that spark. And then you go down the list. All of it wasn't perfect for any of the bench guys, but all of them in their own individual ways gave you something. Neesmith was clanking shots on one end, and boy, was he giving an incredible effort on the other end. Matherin, very streaky. He had some moments, though, where you needed some big shots. He provided that for you. Isaiah Jackson, he's the only center right now, besides Turner, with Jalen Smith still being out, no Daniel Tice. Isaiah Jackson... Very, very productive as well. I hope the injury to Andrew Nemhard is not too serious. It looked ugly. To me, it looked almost... Nemhard is running full speed. And I, I, I thought for a second, Andy, is he going to dribble this? Like mm-hmm. It was one of those, like, 
do you dribble it once or do you try to finish at the rim with only taking two steps? Right. And I wonder if that contributed. If you got in between. Yeah, to the awkward nature of that right knee twisting, hyperextension, whatever you want to call it there. Uh, I think that covers everybody off the bench. Uh, all of them. 43 points yeah. from the bench last night. And that was the first night. thing Carlisle said postgame. Should have been. The first thing he said postgame was our bench was a difference. Yeah. So I, I want to make sure that amidst all the deserved praise for Halliburton, even Turner, some of those others last night, uh, the depth showed you, up. You know the play that the Bucks will look at and be angriest about has to be not blocking out TJ McConnell for a tip about that? put back. That, and then didn't he steal the inbounds play, pass like two he, plays well, later? He, he knocked it away and it went out of bounds and everything else, and he created the turnover there. Now, he did have a couple possessions where he like sure. three in a row where they turned the ball over, but that play with all of the Lopez's and Giannis's and everything else, seeing TJ McConnell sneak to the bucket and get a tip back, that's going to be the one where the Bucks coaches are going to look and say, really? We lost, and this is a big reason why we lost, is a play like this. And Boyle said it. Boyle, you know, the littlest guy on the floor comes in here and and puts that, you know, put back back in there. I think Reggie Miller was like, he gasped. Yeah. Uh-huh. When that play happened, I think he was like stunned that that play actually just happened in the game. Right. Yeah, that was a tremendous play by TJ McConnell last night. All right, it is time for a morning check down here on the wake up call. Obviously, we've talked about the big three-pointer that Halliburton had made an eight-point game and uh, put the game away. He then looked at his watch like the Damian Lillard. We loved that. Here's Tyrese Halliburton post-game talking about the celebration and his team. You know, I kind of pounded my chest and you know said it was you know my time or whatever. But I, I think really looking at it, it's, it's our time. It's our time as a group, and um, we're playing the right way. And like I said, we're gonna, we're shocking the world right now. We're going to continue to do that. And as long as we play the right way, uh, we know we're going to be in every basketball game. And we have a lot of confidence within ourselves. and it don't matter who believes in us. It, it really doesn't, as long as the guys in the locker room do. And we got all the trust in the world in ourselves, and uh, we're going to continue to have that. You know, I kind of... Yeah, Halliburton just fantastic again. I mean, you look at these back-to-back games, 28 assists against Boston and Milwaukee combined, zero turnovers. Post-game, Rick Carlisle on his superstar. Tyrese is certainly our leader, no question about that. I thought he was spectacular, you know. 27 and 15 these days, um, you know, are kind of like average numbers for him. Uh, but he he drove the bus, you know, when, when the game counted, particularly down the stretch. And, you know, he's he's a great closer. He's becoming a, a, an even better closer. 27 and 15 are kind of average numbers for him these days. He's right. But just say that out loud. I mean, you feel that way, don't you? It, again, Andy, it's at least 27 that. 15. And then you, you know, okay, let me look. Okay, how many turnovers? Oh, zero? Like, I mean, rebounds too. I mean, I hate to just keep throwing great things about him, but 17 rebounds the last two games. I go splash! 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 I go back to what I said <laughs> in the opening segment. The Monday and Thursday stats in win or go home games against the two best teams in the Eastern Conference. On stages, Tyrese Halliburton has never really even sniffed in his whatever, late college to early NBA career. If you combine the Boston-Milwaukee efforts from him, 53 points, 28 assists, and zero turnovers. Zero turnovers. Andy, he threw a pass between his legs last night, and he threw a half-court alley-oop. 
How good is Obi Toppin, by the way, in the air? <laughs> Why well, he's going to be in the Would dunk he be contest? The is he not? End, Obi Toppin. Well, we can get into that. By the way, is Jelani Woods around the locker room when you're there? He's did, there. Any, did anyone yeah. ask about my man he, Jelani Woods? He's Who's, he's not going to play all season. That's I, unbelievable. I think I used up my Jelani Woods questions. Yeah, it's okay. For yeah. year. <laughs> uh, speaking of questions, a whole lot of them in Pittsburgh this morning. Ugh. Wow. Uh, great news for the Colts. The arch enemy won. By the way, you see Bill Belichick, game day picker coming up. Army Navy. I love that. By the way. Oh yeah, he loves that game. He loves. that should be a very energetic performance. I was about to say the McAfee on set. Oh, I mean, that's going to be no. You're going to yeah, get a Belich- fake punt reference. Yeah, yeah Belichick, from the but season. Belichick when he's not like in a press conference setting, I think is probably like a good fun guy. I agree. I think he'll be good yeah, at that. I think he'll be good at that. And McAfee and others there will bring it out of him. But no, if he's doing a press conference, it's going to be boring as hell. We uh, all know it. Last night, uh, what was boring as hell was Mitchell Trubisky Ugh. and the Steelers. He was booed. I thought he was booed from the first incompletion on. How about this? The Steelers got. Nearly a pick six, and they blocked a punt, and they still lost to the two-win Patriots. It, I mean, that's what the Cardinals were a two-win team last week. They've lost back-to-back home games. To home games, to they're done. Do you, Do you feel, start Mason Rudolph a week from Saturday? Uh, sure. I don't know if it matters. I view, I view the Steelers, and I know even after this weekend. There's a chance the Steelers are still sitting there in the playoffs. I get that they're seven and six, but I view them. As being done. Am I wrong? Am I being cocky? And I'm not even like predicting the next week, the Colts game on Saturday. I just think that they are so bad offensively that that offensive staff, the coaching, the quarterback, do they have skill players on that? They should not be this bad. Other teams, other teams, whether it be the Colts, what Jake Browning has done, all the Josh Dobbs stuff, teams have had a backup quarterback, KB, and have been afloat. They were barely afloat with Kenny Pickett, and now they're drowning. Trubisky's not an NFL player. And He's got, not. They got dudes that sulk. George Pickens, yes, Deontay they Johnson, they make it known when they're not getting the the football. So uh, that was helpful for the for the Colts last night in New England getting that. Even with a ke- healthy Kenny Pickett, they were still a confounding team that was like two games above 500. You're like, how is this possible? The Steelers aren't very good, and they're starting to come down yeah. to earth finally. I, I know people that picked Pickett to be like league MVP. Uh, I'll, what? I'll uh, keep their names what? inside. That person needs to go to a mental institution. <laughs> yes, they Max do. Max Bowen picks helmets I, better than that. Did, did he make his pick, by the way? Yeah, he, he, he went Bengals. It, it did he really? Ooh. You got to watch the video. Rosie was, you know, she was just She was not happy. Down. I need a candy cane. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> the the helmet. <laughs> I need a candy cane. Uh, quickly, college basketball. Alabama and Purdue, one thirty. You can find that one on Fox. That's going to be in Toronto quickly. Who do you have in that game? You have, you have Purdue winning that game, right? Uh, no, no issue there. You have Purdue winning that game. I think so, but okay. I, I do think Bama's a little better sure. than maybe that record indicates. And, and same thing with Auburn coming up against Indiana on yeah. Saturday, as and well. that's two o'clock ESPN two. Uh, so if you're an Indiana State basketball fan, there you go. Sit down from one thirty on. You're going to be taken care of. I, th- I thought you meant the Sycamores. There. Well, I mean the who Sycamores are who, are, who are playing well as. <laughs> Well, uh, after the break, can I? I want to play a piece of sound of Rick Carlisle, and I love it, but I disagree with it. Is that good enough for a tease? That is good enough for a tease. I do want to get a little bit into the atmosphere from yesterday in Vegas. I've got a change for the NBA and also the Colts injury report. A few key names on that we'll discuss with Matt Taylor coming up at nine. You know, I kind of pounded my chest and you know said it was you know my time, or whatever. But I, I think 
really looking at it, it's, it's our time. It's our time as a group, and um, we're playing the right way. And like I said, we're, we're shocking the world right now. We're going to continue to do that. And as long as we play the right way, uh, we know we're going to be in every basketball game. And we have a lot of confidence in ourselves. And it don't matter who believes in us. It, it really doesn't. As long as the guys in the locker room do. And we got all the trust in the world in ourselves. And uh, we're going to continue to have that. different things but uh number one kb we can confirm the pacers <laughs> did make the finals uh there in the in-season tournament in vegas we can confirm that okay good to know there yeah yeah Teasy and we yesterday will, and we will get you ready for the colts and bengals matt taylor gonna are. join us uh in about <laughs> 10 minutes so that was funny uh two different things here number one there is a stat that came by on twitter i want to get to that here in a second and then i'm just i'm just gonna bring this up for 30 seconds a week and move on, okay? Because Mark Dykton mentioned this off the air. We got to bring uh, bring it on air. You love golf. John Rom got $500 million to uh-huh, be in the live, right, okay? Right, uh-huh. do, do you just want to move on? You want to say anything about that? Uh, I, uh, My man, is, Johnny Rom. I, I hate to see a niche sport <laughs> splintering. Uh, that's what's happening. Just go in, find out how many tickets you want. Boom, you're taken care of. But you need to get tickets. I'm looking at it right now. It's right before the uh, Detroit game on Monday. Right there, December 9th, Gamebridge Fieldhouse, the in-season tournament 2023 championship viewing party. Uh, so if you want to have some fun down there, uh, that should be a good time as well. Okay, so we played this clip a couple different times. Um, Mark, let's go and play. It's about 40 seconds, a little long. Carlisle talking about the game and talking out. I believe he has used this as motivation for the team. But Carlisle has mentioned a few different times, and I guess we'll ask him next week, either Monday or Tuesday, about you know people not wanting to see the Pacers go this far in the in-season tournament. Take a listen, and I have a reaction to it. A lot of people didn't want us here. We don't care about that. We earned our way here. We earned our way to, you know, three additional national TV games. So people are going to find out um, about the Pacers and, and who we are and, and how we play. And you know, we're just looking to get better. We're looking to get better. We, we have a we have a goal. We have a dream as an as an organization to be an NBA championship organization. They won three ABA titles, and that's that's a big deal. Um, winning an NBA title is 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 a dream that's that's reachable, but it's but it's got to be a dream where where people can focus on how it's reach, reachable. And we're we're show, we're showing signs of that. We're not there yet. We're showing signs, and and we're a dangerous team. Okay, so number one, I love the entire back end of that sound, Kevin. I do. If you are a Pacer fan, I think the two things coming from this is the Woj sound that we played earlier where he's like, no, Halliburton, you know, other stars, you know, are going to want to play with him and he is going to go try and get other guys to play with him. I I think that is so key to building a championship contender. And then Carlisle, who has made the runs in the postseason, who has won an NBA championship, comes out and says, you know, we, we are trying to build that DNA and we are starting to see some of that championship DNA and we want to give you, the fan, kind of an opportunity to to look at how we're going to build and here is what the plan is going to be to take the next level in the NBA. 
I love those things. If you're a fan today, you cannot love anything more than the Woj sound and the sound we heard there. The only thing I take umbrage with, but I understand it, I want to be clear, is... This notion of people didn't want us there and Halliburton and Turner both after the game uh, alluded to it as well. And I don't, uh, this is me and perhaps I'm too close to things, okay? And this is where I need you guys' help. I don't see it that way at all, Kevin. I think people are looking at the Pacers and they're like, this is a new shiny thing. We don't know all their players. Wait a minute. Here is a here is a superstar in the game. They play a fun style. I mean, the bench is up and going. They'll, they'll shoot threes. You know, Obi Toppin's out there catching lobs from Halliburton from half court for a reverse dunk. Um, you know, the TV guys, Reggie Miller, Doris Burke, and Mike Breen were having a lot of fun with the game this is I'm viewing this through my prism of people I talk to and then doing the show here in the morning I don't view it that way I don't view it that people are like ah oh, it's the Pacers we want to see we fill in team in the Eastern Conference yeah, okay I mean yeah I mean Giannis bucks, would be yeah. yeah Giannis would be one of those I I guess I don't see it that way I know why he's utilized that the way the college coaches do sometimes ah there's a level of disrespect here the NBA is about you know four five six seven teams and you're not one of those teams so people aren't going to want to see you but I think people are discovering the Pacers. I think they like their pace of play. I think Halliburton is rather likable and I think this team thus far has been rather likable. I, I, I see, I almost see the NBA viewing experience kind of opening their arms. It's a very exclusive club, right? Almost opening their arms to the Pacers. That's the way I see it. I could be totally wrong. I think you ask any NBA fan nationally that does the league pass and they like are watching an NBA game every night, like they're one of those people, they would have the Pacers very high up on the league pass viewing experience. You know, again, it might not be, you know, this established star and a team that's been there, but um, it is an exciting brand to watch without question. So um, I tend to side with you. I know there's the narrative of like, you know, the national media hates us and this and that. And, you know, there is, you know, some truth to, yes, um, they spend more time on some other teams in bigger markets. But, you know, what did Rick Carlisle also say in that clip we just played? He used the word earned. Mm-hmm. You've got to earn it, too. Sure. Does Brooklyn naturally fall into maybe an extra time slot or two, uh, even if they are you know, sure. 35 and 45 sure. in the season? Yeah. But you know what? Pacers haven't won a playoff game. In what, six years? Haven't won a playoff series in nearly a decade? And they've had unlikable teams. You know that. They've had unlikable guys at times on the team. That's not this. You've got to earn that element. They don't get the the benefit of the doubt, maybe, that some other markets do. But still, there is an element of, no, no, no. We went 4-0 in the group. That got us the home Monday night TNT game, okay? You upset the Celtics. That got you last night on national TV. You upset the Bucks. Now you're going to get ABC yep. Saturday night LeBron against James. You know, the greatest player yeah. the NBA's seen certainly over the last couple of decades. So, you know, from that aspect to it, there is an earning element to it all. I mentioned this to you earlier. It's something I'd like to see change and 
you know, I, I want to ask Rick Carlisle actually when we have him on next week, and not to get you know cart ahead of the horse here, but I do think if the Pacers win tomorrow night, well, I'm going to try and get Rick Carlisle maybe bumped up to that Monday <laughs> slot for a second straight week to uh, recap what's happening or what happened in Vegas. The Pacers are at Detroit, by the way, on Monday as they get started back up here on the road with their normal schedule. Again, Saturday's a house money game. Saturday does not count for their 82-game schedule. Um, Atmosphere-wise, inside of that arena yesterday, and I'll raise my hand, I watched a little bit of Thursday night football early on with the Lakers-Pelicans, so I have no idea what that atmosphere was like. But I'd like to see a tweak from the NBA and them do this with the uh, Vegas semifinal and final games. I would like them to be on home floors, but I get why they want Vegas. The players like it. It's a neutral court, etc., etc. Okay, if you're going to do that, it's an 18,000-seat arena out there. It's a big arena. So I think what you should do at the start of the year, Andy Sweeney, is if you're a season ticket member for any of these 30 teams, you have an option on your season ticket package. And that option is we will allocate 1,000 tickets for each of the four final four in-season tournament teams. Therefore, last night, you would have had four separate sections inside of T-Mobile Arena that would have been... Here's your Pacers section. Here's your Pelicans section. Here's your Lakers. Here's your Bucks. I think that would have added a little bit more to it. And naturally, and you see this at Pacer games now, even what, and how many people are in Turner's block, even a 50-person section inside a GameBridge Fieldhouse, they can make a lot of noise. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you had two sections inside of T-Mobile Arena that were Pacers fans and two sections that were all concentrated Bucks fans, I think early in that game you would have gotten a little bit more juice in that arena. Because I'm watching T.J. McConnell do T.J. McConnell things, and I'm thinking, I would love to see McConnell right now <laughs> look up to that Pacers right. section. And you know how he does his little oh, you know, yeah. hand motion, and you know he puts you know, cups his ear and says, come on now, crowd. I think that is something I'd like to see change uh, for next year at the end season. Has tournament. he always been the Pacer pest? Well, he, that, that's what Reggie Miller was calling him last night, the Pacer Pest. Right, is that well, something that's going to stick now? He, he's our pest, and he's the he's the opponent <laughs> pest is what he is. Yeah, I mean, he's it's amazing he still gets away with the backcourt steal every single game. It like, really if is. You are, who was it, campaign? Or, you I know, think it was, Whoever yeah. the Bucks backup point guard is. If I'm a Bucks assistant, he I'm got grabbing campaign before the game, and I'm saying, <laughs> dude, when McConnell's in there, he is going to try and do this. You make sure that that inbounds pass is not thrown until you are, you know, whatever. You feel McConnell three feet behind you, or you've boxed him out, et cetera, et cetera. And yet McConnell did it again last night. Uh, I wanted to ask you, just to transition real quick uh, to the Colts, and we'll get into that. Uh, Matt Taylor going to join us coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. You asked me the question. I'm going to throw it back your way. Why is Cincinnati now favored by two in this game, do you think? And then what does your gut tell you about some of these injured guys. It was good seeing Juju Brents back at practice. This would have been a, I mean, he was out essentially with the bye week, seven weeks on this injury. Yeah, month it's a and long a half, injury. Um, it's two enough. It's two practices enough for a roll on Sunday. Yes. Now, is, is that good enough for 30 snaps well, in the game? What do you think? I guess that's a question you have if you're Gus Bradley. Yeah. Because the third corner to me in this matchup, Andy, is a starter. When you're facing oh, Tyler Jamar Boyd. Chase, sure. T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd, who was limited yesterday in practice, well, uh, something to watch later today, you're going to be in that nickel group, the three corners, a whole lot. So the question becomes this. Okay, Kenny Moore, every snap. Duh. Jalen Jones is probably on the right to play every snap. Okay, third corner. Daryl Baker Jr., Juju Brents. 
You split in time there? Well, I mean, Baker's been... He's been better, but he's been better against... This is so different because of how many weapons Cincinnati has. We we didn't have to break this down. We didn't break down the Juju Brantz injury much at all because of who they played for a number of weeks. Yeah, I, we weren't I, worried in Carolina. You were worried about Adam Thielen, and that's it. Go name the wide receivers on that team other than Adam Thielen. Right. You know. Yeah. You again, can't. New England. Nobody. This is the deepest, best wideout core you're going to face here all season long. We'll hit on that Colts injury report on the other side. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts at nine. Dude, that's I what know. I thought too. If, I was very know, confused. I don't know. How about this tweet I saw yesterday? It's a lot of money. Uh, what'd you Ooh. say? Five hundred million? I mean, I think it was it was close to so that. I need I, to look it up, but it was a I lot of money. I saw that the public investment fund, so uh-huh. you know, all all the money that's funding the Live Golf Tour, um, five hundred million to them is like a regular person <laughs> buying a cup of coffee. A, a, a cup of coffee. Yeah, I you knew you were going to say that. Yeah, no, I can't imagine. I really can't imagine. I've got a lot more to that say. That would be the Again, case. I, I hate the competition aspect of it. Not even getting down the moral path. I hate the competition. I think Liv stinks. Uh, I, 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 you I get to wear shorts, though, which is kind of cool. I think I don't it's know. just an awful competition. I hate that the meritocracy of the PJ Tour is gone. Uh, so there we go. I figured you would have a little mini rant on that. I appreciate that. Uh, quickly, I saw this come by my uh, my uh, Twitter feed here, my X feed, just a couple minutes ago. Juju Brents. Now, this is minimum 20 targets, and we know that Brents hasn't had a lot of playing time, right? So all of his stats are very skewed. He's only played in a few games. We hope to see him back on the field against Cincinnati on Sunday. We were just talking about him, though. It's like my phone was listening. The lowest quarterback rating allowed by NFL rookies through Week 13. He is still sixth on that list by rookies who have been targeted at least 20 times. It's a good start, but again, he hasn't played in a month and a half, so we'll see. And I thought he had some nice moments. I thought he looked physical. Um, So curious if two days is enough for him. The three guys that have not practiced this week, Andy, again, today will be the final one for the Colts. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, Braden Smith, and EJ Speed. I asked there earlier, Josh Downs has been the best Colts rookie. There's no debating that. But the most important, it might be Blake Freeland. Mm -hmm. Because, again, Blake Freeland plays a position, Andy, where disaster can happen really quickly. And, you know, I mean, I guess we saw it with Miles Garrett against him at one point. And Cincinnati's got a notable front in Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard. Those are a couple good defensive ends. I know they haven't been. Hendrickson's put up some good numbers this year. But that's just something to keep an eye on. EJ Speed would obviously be a really notable loss. Yeah, what's um, going on there? To me, that's the one that, he left that in raised my eyebrows was EJ Speed. Yeah, he left in overtime for a couple snaps, did return there late. So today's a big day. Um, that'll be a lot of Ronnie Harrison Jr. if he cannot go. So I think part of this injury report is why you're seeing the line shift a little bit here. Last I saw, Cincinnati favored by two. Yeah, I mean, EJ Speed's a guy that you could see have a couple you know, tackles for loss, have a sack, a sack and a half, oh, and have eight uh, yeah. tackles in a game. No, Again, he, he's EJ offered, Speed's a big deal. He's offered the splash plays. You know, I hate doing this with the offensive line, but they have had so much... I don't know, turnover injuries. I mean, have they not? I feel like we have done the dance with the offensive line all season. And because backups have come in, you mentioned Freeland, and guys have played good enough, right? That that hasn't been the focus point. To me, the EJ speed not practicing. And again, he can get out there today and all can be well. But I don't know. To me, that one worries That one worries me a little bit more, does it not? And, and Ronnie Harrison's a, a fine player. But yeah. I mean, the whole I, thing I'd with still him. Put Braden Smith above it. Okay, you know, it's still a rookie on the road. Um, but 
Yeah, I Ronnie mean, Harrison hadn't played before know, that interception. I yeah, I just think I at all. You know, does Grover Stewart help out to where you know Ronnie Harrison's a little freer at linebacker? Again, we mentioned this earlier with the Patriots beating the Steelers last night. Colts playoff chances rise to sixty six percent with a win on Sunday. Andy, that goes up to eighty two percent with a loss wow. that drops to fifty one percent. So you've got a thirty one percent stake on Sunday with Cincinnati. Now again, last night helped you, but still Pittsburgh is at 7 and 6. So if you were to lose Andy on Sunday, now you're 7 and 6. And now all of a sudden, you look at a week from Saturday and for those that watch Thursday night football, first off, I'm sorry. Second off, uh nothing you saw from Pittsburgh makes you worried about the game. Nothing. I mean, Hell, T.J. Watt got kicked in the head the first play of the game. I'm thinking to myself, is he is he is he out? And is that going to be kicked in the head? I didn't see that. Oh, it was awful. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, he went blue tent, and I, I and I'm thinking to myself, oh boy, if, That's this, a concussion. if this lingers for a sure. week, now he played. He came back and played. Wow, I didn't see that. Of the game wasn't it? First play of the game. Yeah, they lost Alonzo <laughs> Highsmith, their other good edge rusher, opposite him with a neck injury. So that'll be something to keep an eye on for that one. All right, on the other side, voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor. It's a bus ride for the Colts down I-74. Mayte joins us next. Been a fun show today, reacting a lot of Pacers conversation. Colts as well. Colts get ready uh, for a matchup with the Cincinnati Bengals. Our coverage beginning here on the fan at 10 a.m. And the man who's anchoring that coverage, Matt Taylor, the voice of the Indianapolis Colts, joining us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. He does so 9 o'clock hour every single Friday. Mayte, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm good, boys. What's going on? Uh, been a fun show. I mean, listen, Colts got it going on. The Pacers got it going on in the midst of some good college basketball. So who has uh, it better than us? And who had it better than you guys uh, on the call there in Tennessee? You know, listening to some of your sound, you think it's going to be just a normal punt by the Titans. And boom, there's a block and there's another block. So I want to go back before we go to the game against the Bengals on Sunday. Uh, you guys are watching that game up there. What a wild game. What did you make when you were watching it and all the different crazy things that all happen in one game. Yeah, there was a point there late in the game. I think the uh, Titans had just uh, tied the game at 25 and they miss a PAT. And then at that point, I'm trying to think just in real time, all the craziness and all the weird plays that we had saw up to that point with Nick Folk, who is in his 17th year as a kicker. He's now punting. He's missing a PAT for the first time. We had a pick two with the defense scoring a two-point conversion. We had quarterbacks fumbling to safety, safeties back to quarterbacks. I mean, I, I was trying to think back in real time, just the amount of like unique and weird and bizarre and off-the-wall plays we had in that game. And then on the fly, I just I couldn't think of them all. You know, I tried, tried my best uh, to put them all into perspective, but that was one of the more wilder plays. You know, I've, I've, I think I've called now more than 100 Colts games. And that one's certainly the, the wildest and, and most bizarre in terms of how we got to the finish, overtime, and all the just weird things that happened throughout the course of 68 minutes of football. Matt Taylor, I love sports. I love passion. I love emotion. I love when we get video clips of oh, you yeah. in the radio I love booth. It. Do you love it? And, and I guess for our audience out there that maybe has not seen it yet, um, your reaction, again, in video form to Alec Pierce's over-the-shoulder catch in overtime, Rick Venturi in the background, uh, just tremendous in my opinion. Are you a fan of it? 
I mean, I suppose. I mean, it's it's. Don't fun. be I humble mean, I, with I, me, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just think that we're we're now in the day and age where people want to see more. They want to see behind the curtain. They want to see how things are done, how things are made, the the product, how it uh, gets to the the finish uh, finish line. I guess so. Um, yeah, they just they stick a camera in front of me. It's a GoPro, and and I literally just push a button. You know, I, I clamp it to a window or something. So it's, I, I guess it's a it's a it's a, it's a small lift, if you will, for for something that's cool and that's behind the scenes. Like it's no, it's not a huge deal for me. And I, I just I'm amazed that they can make something so little look so good. If that makes any sense, I mean. I showed up on Monday morning in our video department. Our guys do such a great job. The Colts video department is just unbelievable, filled with really talented people. But I walked into the office on Monday morning, and Matt Wilkening, who does such a great job with everything that he touches, but you know, behind the next pick or with the next pick, I yeah, should say. He's a legend. And, you know, no doubt about it. So, you know, I hadn't even hit, like, Control-Alt-Delete on my computer on Monday morning to get it fired up to put in my password. Yeah. And he comes into my office. He's like, hey, check this out. And he shows me, you know, the GoPro footage. I mean, it's just unbelievable what they do. And it's fun. And I don't think I've got anything to do with it. But it's it's cool for people to see, you know, our product and what it looks like as we're delivering it over the, uh, over the air, over the radio with the audio part. You're, you're being far too humble. You're the superstar. I mean, the camera, the GoPro is on you. You mim- mimicked Alec Pierce catching the ball <laughs> fall into his hands. You remember a couple years ago, me and KB were talking about this a couple days ago. We're going to have Mark retweet that, by the way, yeah, from, our, we, from our show We need account. to. Do you, do you remember Kevin Harlan was like, I don't like that? Remember Kevin Harlan was like, it makes me part of the story and I just want to narrate. And I was like, that's fine, but Kevin Harlan is always part of the story because he has so many great energetic calls. Oh, people love this. You guys got to keep doing it. The other time that the GoPro, remember when they would put these on offense or defensive coordinators? Remember when Ken Dorsey a couple years ago for the Bills just <laughs> oh, yeah. took oh, over? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. yeah, and there was that like that Monday night game, and he got so angry that he literally destroyed the booth. He was throwing pencils mm-hmm. and pens yeah. and papers and folders and, and everything Microsoft else. Surface is now not working <laughs> after that moment there. Do you remember the yeah. Dave Sims one, Matt, uh, when the Mariners made the playoffs a few years ago? I do. Oh, yeah, that's a good yeah, one. That was a, that was a great one. There's, as well. some, there's some good content there. There's no doubt about it. I mean, uh, like I said, I, I just forget it's there. To be honest with you, like I set it up in the pregame show and I hit I hit the button. There's like a there's a card in the camera that's got like nine and a half hours worth of footage that they can capture, and most of it is just like me looking at my computer or like taking a <laughs> sip of diet coke, right? Picking my right? nose. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's there's really not a whole lot going on except for Alec Pierce's catch and then Michael Pittman Jr.'s touchdown in overtime, and that's what they grab. They play the hits. It's like a rock and roll station, man. <laughs> they just go for the good stuff. And um, yeah, it's it, it's it's cool to see the finished product in terms of what they're able to do with it because they they. They take an oaf like me and make me look okay. <laughs> well, that's what they do here with uh, the with the YouTube feed uh, with us as well here on the fan. Matt Taylor joining us, Payless Liquors Hotline on this Friday. I, I don't know. You, you look at this game to me, and I asked Greg Rakestraw and Stephen Holder this week the same question. I'll throw it your way. I was kind of bullish on the Colts in this game, and then Jake Browning went out and looked like Joe Burrow in that game Monday night against Jacksonville. How much did his performance and that off Offense's performance maybe changed the way you view this game coming up on Sunday. Yeah, that's that's a great point. It, it, it changed everything, to be honest with you. I mean, it changed the complexion of the game in terms of playoff standings with the Jaguars losing, kind of opening up the door even further in the AFC South. 
It's not completely shut for the Colts. I mean, it's essentially now just a two-game lead for the Jaguars because they're eight and four, right? Jacksonville, the, the Jaguars are um, they have the the tiebreaker over the Colts um, with, by by sweeping them. So, it, mathematically, it's certainly not out of the question for the Colts to get back in the mix in the division. But I, I think just schematically, Andy, you're exactly right. To me. I'll raise my hand. I mean, three weeks ago, I really didn't know who Jake Browning was. I mean, I, I kind of remember him in college just because Washington was really good that one year in 2016. They made the college football playoff. But, you know, he's kind of been out of sight, out of mind for me anyways because he's been in the NFC, then he was in Cincinnati backing up Joe Burrow and never saw the field. And I, I think the way in, in which that he played on Monday night you know, gee, he looked, and what I'm about to say is going to make it sound like I'm not appreciating him, but it's 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 everything but that. But he proved to be incredibly competent and in control, and I think that playbook is completely open to him, just like it would be Joe Burrow, because I think they kind of play the same way. And he just really impressed me with the accuracy, the poise, um, the mastery of the playbook. And plus, he's got great players to throw to. He's got great weapons still. So I think that offense is just as dangerous with him as it would be with Joe Burrow. Now, obviously, is is he going to complete 86% of his passes and throw for 356 in this game? Probably not. I mean, that was a, a, a historic performance on Monday Night Football. But again, he's much better than I think you know, than your average backup quarterback, just like we say the same things about Gardner Minshew. And it's it's funny because both of these guys played each other in college in the Apple Cup in 2018. So they're not your average backup quarterbacks. Both guys are 27 years old, a lot of wisdom um, and a lot of experience despite Browning only starting two games. He's been around the block a little bit and he's learned and grown from uh, a, a lot of good coaches and a lot of good quarterbacks in this league. So that was, to me, the biggest thing that I took from, from Monday night is, like, this this offense is really, really potent right now. And I don't think I would have said that, you know, three, four weeks ago when he had to come in on a Thursday night for Burrow uh, and got beat by the Ravens, got beat up pretty good. Um, you know, he, he showed some, some really good poise in a huge moment for him on Monday night football. And I was just really impressed. And I think it's going to be a dogfight for the Colts in this game. I don't think there's any question about that. Yeah, and I think also it was honestly probably a good thing. It happened on Monday Night Football. You know everyone on that Colts roster is probably watching that game, so they got a glimpse of it and certainly will not be surprised by anything Jake Browning's capable of doing on Sunday. Again, Matt Taylor is with us here, voice of the Colts. Matt, Cincinnati's run game has not been potent really at all this season. I do think Joe Mixon is more dynamic than maybe those stats indicate. Um, But I find the return of Grover Stewart so critical even though it's a week where it's not, you know, whatever, this vaunted rushing attack, because I view Sunday as you need to commit as many guys to your coverage as you can with Cincinnati's yeah. wideout group. So if you can sit there with your run defense and say, all right, we got Big Grove back, you know, maybe we don't have to cheat up Julian Blackman or Nick Cross or Rodney Thomas. I think that is huge. So it's funny. It's not like this is this vaunted rushing attack, but I still think given the makeup of Cincinnati's wideouts, what you need in coverage, uh, Grover Stewart, uh, to me, uh, should be welcome back. And, and obviously he is. Yeah, no, without question. I mean, we've, we've spent all week talking about the splits between the running game with and without Grover Stewart. I mean, it's just staggering. I mean, the Colts have given up 125 rushing yards in six straight games. That hadn't been done by the Colts since 2006. And you're right, you know, Cincinnati's not going to run for, you know, 150 yards. They're not going to try to. 
You know, they're only averaging about 82 rushing yards per game, but it's kind of the situational running, right? It, it's mixing on first and second down, and that's where Grover Stewart's return is so big, KB. I, I think you're spot on. You can't let, you know, you can't let Cincinnati run the ball for four yards on second and seven and get down to third and three, third and two. That's advantage Cincinnati, really, with all the weapons they have on the outside. They're still afforded in those types of situations to be able to run the ball because Mixon, he is he has a thunderous running back. I mean, he runs really, really hard. I mean, I think he's top five most physical backs in the NFL with getting yards after contact and just, you know, winning winning those individual battles to get those hard yards for first downs. Um, so they're not going to put up, you know, a ton of numbers, but I think it's just the situational running to be able to be in advantageous positions on third down or second and medium to still be able to throw the ball for their playmakers on the outside like Chase and Higgins and Boyd. they got some up-and-coming tight ends now. They've got uh, Brown out of the backfield, the rookie out of Illinois that can run it. He can catch it as well. Um, And they like mixing in the passing game too. So I think Grover Stewart's return is just going to be really, really big just to mitigate the run so that Cincinnati is behind the chains or on third and long, um, consistently for most of the game, that's advantage for the Colts because of their ability to stop the run and also the way that the pass rush has really come on in the last five weeks. And, you know, to play devil's advocate a little bit, I'm just really curious to see what the pass rush now looks like with Grove or Stewart because without him, that's been part of the, the defense that's kind of mitigated or helped calm down um, or I should say alleviate some of the, the pressure that's been put on this defense by not being able to stop the run here comes, you know, Quiddy Pay with, with six and a half sacks, Dio Adangbo with near seven sacks, and Samson Ebicom with eight sacks. So it's been the guys off the edge and up the middle with uh, Eric Johnson and, of course, with, with DeForest Buckner that the pass rush and the sack numbers have kind of mitigated um, all of the, the big numbers the Colts have allowed on the ground um, with other teams rushing the ball without Grover Stewart. I'm just curious to see what that all looks like with the puzzle now back in place with number 90 back out there. Okay, he is radio voice of the Colts. He is Matt Taylor. Matt, the biggest question for me on Sunday is this. Um, At halftime, they will present Skyline Chili in the press box. (laughs) Will you dabble? I mean, unless you want Jeffrey Gorman calling the second half, there's no chance. I I thought maybe Lair Overton (laughs) would have to be in the booth with Rick Venturi in the second half. Yeah, you can't do that, can you? Yeah, we, we talked about this on our podcast, like a hot take. Skyline Chili or the Cincinnati Classic Five Way or Three Way, where do you stand on it? To me it's like I don't I don't you either love it or you hate it. I'm kinda of somewhere in the middle. Like I think it tastes really good once in a while, but I couldn't eat it certainly, you know, the to the routine that the Cincinnatians have it. Because there's a skyline chili or a gold star in every corner down there in the five one three. I just don't think I could eat that heavy of a meal that often. I don't know where you guys stand. Well, when you say you either love it. I'm with you. And you better be close to your favorite bathroom if you're going to eat it. Yeah, when you say you either hate it or love it, it, it's not even that. The people that love it there in Cincinnati, Matt – they protect it like it is gold, like no other chef could come up with a food that is this sort yeah. of chili with Emeril a watered-down yeah, watered hot dog. And then the people that dislike it would not give it to their dogs for dinner. That is how I feel. <laughs> that, that, is, that, that is, you know, the two opposite extremes that you have with the Skyline Chili. Yeah, it's certainly a regional, um, you know, Cincinnati is a really interesting place, not only culturally, but I just think for food. I mean, 
You got Frisch's Big Boys down there. Oh, I love um, Frisch's back in the day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You got La Rosa's Pizza. Oh, that's yeah. a Cincinnati staple. Sure. Um, you got Jeff Ruby Steakhouse. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's always a staple when you go down there as well. Then, of course, you got the... You know the the Coney Dog and the Skyline Chili debate. So yeah, when you when you go to Cincinnati, man, you better bring a bigger belt. That's that's the biggest uh, uh, life lesson that I've that I've learned when you go down there. Yeah, my last station uh, I was at was a Reds affiliate, so we got the affiliate suite, and they bring all of those foods and more, all of them, like the pizza and the chili and everything. And you feel terrible when you leave, Matt. You feel absolutely (laughs) terrible, not because at that point they were losing a lot of baseball games, but you put about four thousand calories uh, on the belt. Alec Pierce, his biggest game, his best game, you could argue, definitely this season as a Colt. Getting him more involved down the field. Do you think that is something that was a one-game thing, or do you think they can replicate that uh, either Sunday or down the road here this season? Well, that's, I mean, if I had the answer to that, I mean, I'd be probably, you know, placing some proxy bets or something. But, I mean, it's it's kind of a big unknown right now. I mean, Everybody is, 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 I think Alec Pierce is kind of a lightning rod within this Colts offense. And to be honest with you, I, I really don't understand it. I mean, he's, he's had some adversity, right? I mean, he's only in his second year. We forget that as well. But, you know, the quarterback carousel around him that everybody has had to deal with. I mean, Michael Pittman Jr.'s emergence. I mean, I think Pittman's target share for the Colts is like over 30%, which is top five in the NFL. So there's no question that Gardner Minshew is going to number 11 between the numbers, in the red zone, third down, tough catches. Those two seem to be just on a different level right now in terms of, 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 of Minshew's you know, comfort with, with Michael Pittman Jr., and rightfully, show, uh, rightfully so, I should say. Um, and then just to Minshew, he's a quarterback that gets the ball out quick. I mean, it's routinely under three seconds. I think it's 2.8 in terms of snap to release, which is top 10 in the NFL. So, you know, th- those are not things that, um, that that's not Alec Pierce's game. You talked about the go routes and the deep uh, posts. That that's that's who he is. He's an explosive receiver. He's averaging 15.6 uh, yards per catch this season, and you know he's cleared some things out. There's no doubt about that in terms of the route concepts for the underneath stuff. You know for the tight ends and more specifically Michael Pittman Jr. to to to, to drive in. Um, but I just think you know his his time is going to come and. You know, it came last week. He had a 36-yard touchdown to get the Colts on the board. Then, of course, everybody knows about the 55-yard play in overtime to set up the game-winning score. You know, it's like when the Colts need a big play, they certainly trust Alec Pierce to, to come up big. Um, I just think that he kind of has to, to, to bide his time and, 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 you know, produce in spots. And that's who he is within this offense right now based on the personnel around him and who his quarterback is. All right, Matt, last one. It's the lone bus trip of the year as you guys depart down I-74. What's your favorite I-74 sightseeing experience off the highway there? (laughs) I'll I'll offer a few. I I like seeing the high schools off the highway, so I like a little East Central. Is it Eastern Hancock? Is that the one you get early on? That that one's a little bit more off into the distance. I'm a fan there. Um, Triton Central off off seventy four as well, right? Okay, there you go. Um, the Honda yeah. plant, you know. Um, <laughs> well, it's got to be. It, Does it go Greensburg then Batesville or Batesville then Greensburg? I always forget. It goes Greensburg then Batesville, then Batesville okay, and then uh, like Saint Leon East Central High School right off the highway as right well. there. I mean, right there. Yeah. Now yeah, I we, have we to laugh at this. 
I don't know yeah, if I ahead. told you this story. We did Cincinnati last year for spring break. We're driving back, and all of a sudden, uh, we go flat tire oh. Um, oh. just south of the Milan exit. And so both Maddie and I are trying to call. Um, all right, you know, are, are we open? Can we get a new tire at one of these shops, et cetera, et cetera? The spare's not going to take us very far. Maddie pronounces the Milan exit as Milan. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. Oh, no. I know. Yeah. I, and she's and she's Hoosier through and through, right? I wasn't mad. I was just, I was just disappointed. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, there's, there's certain things that just, like, uh, you're, you're disappointed more than anything else, and – It'll take a while. You'll eventually get there, but that'll take a while to get over, yeah. you know, coming from where she comes from. I mean, what are we doing here? Preach. Read a book. Preach. Preach. <laughs> Read a book. I-74. <laughs> He'll be doing a lot of reading on his way to Cincinnati coming up Saturday afternoon. Our coverage begins at 10 a.m. Matt, have a great call. Safe travels, and uh, we'll certainly be listening. All right, boys. I appreciate you. Have a good weekend. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts. The weather does look a little dicey. For Sunday, you can tell uh, Maddie that Matt Taylor told her to read a book. <laughs> I know that was. That what was, did you do? That was, that was did you, did you right call there. AAA or did you replace it yourself? What happened? What's the Shout moral out of the story to here? Al from the marathon in Batesville. It was pouring <laughs> down rain on seventy four. He said he'll keep the shop open. Oh, it's miserable. And we were able to get a. Fa- and this was right after we had dumped all of Rose, Rosie's passies. We had finally given away the passies. So we said, enough is enough. We're stopping the Cincinnati Children's Hospital. We're going to tell Rosie the new babies there need them. And so we handed them in. And so the first time in a car that we have not had, you know, most, I think, parents will know, you know, a long car trip like that, you're hoping the kids sleep, obviously. That's right. the goal. No passy. And yet, there we have been. <laughs> Flat it's, tire, 45 it's, minutes it's, in the trip home. It's Pouring raining. Rain, of course you. it is. Just awful. I can't think of anything worse than what you just, just mentioned right there. I was crying inside, to say the least. Can you change a tire? I'm asking that. Maddie didn't have a jack in her trunk. Okay, I, I well, can. some don't. Now, let's be honest. This was I-74 and pouring down rain with semis yeah, going 75 miles per hour. You're not doing that. I'm with I, you. I yeah. only, you know, YOLO is only one. Yeah. So, I'm not looking um, down on you if you said, hey, I haven't changed a tire in, you know, in 10 years or seven years. I'm not looking down on you. I know uh, some guys are like, we're taking away your man card if you can't change tires like it's a pit stop in NASCAR. Bad weather, good for the Colts? We, you asked this. I guess I tentatively said yes. Didn't I mean, that's what I said. I guess the thing would be. Can they run Zach Moss more? Because the Titans game, they needed to be able to drop back, and Gardner Minshew, I feel like, had to throw the ball a lot in that game. The biggest plays were him throwing the football. I know he had some mistakes. So uh, if it rains, you tell me Zach Moss can go up and get 120 yards and a touchdown or two, then, then I think it would be good. Didn't someone text in or tweet into the show and say they have a – the field there is warm. They have a warm. They have the heaters under the field. Right. So, right, but, right. but I mean, if that rains during again, the game, rain impact Jake Browning throwing. To, I, I to mean, Jamar yeah. Chase. I, I would say. I would say if we're talking about throwing the football. The Bengals will rely on that more so than the Colts. If you had some weather issues, that would probably be good for the Colts, but I don't feel strong with that. I'm like 60-40, that would be better for the Colts, or 65-35. Bomb cyclone, like the 49ers. Ah, no. Come on now. (laughs) Please. Hold on. (laughs) 
No, we haven't had <laughs> we haven't had a good Ursay locker room shot in a it's couple weeks now. Five weeks. Yeah, we had the last was the uh, Steichen hand holding. That it was, was at the Meek Mill, and that was uh-huh. what the start of the win streak. I, Th- that was like after that was, a while ago. that was after Carolina, was it not? Yeah, I was gonna say that was probably about a month ago. Yeah, that my was favorite, after the Carolina point, game. My favorite part of that whole clip is it's. Like, the easiest beat. It's boom, boom, tsh. It really boom, is. Boom, tsh. It's called a, re- just does it's the called a remix, Mark. Clap. You ever heard of it? It's called a remix. I know. By Jim Ursay there. Should we get to uh, good Jimmy real quick? And I, yes, good Jimmy's been hanging in there. Uh, he's going to save us here. And I think get get back to a little Pacers conversation. Good Jimmy, good Friday morning to you, brother. Good morning, gentlemen. Can you hear me? We can hear you loud and clear. You uh, yeah, Were you tuning into that Pacer game? I was I was tuning in, you know it, Kevin, and uh, I, I don't need any mayonnaise in my coffee this morning. Oh. That, I, I'm very energized, and <laughs> I, that was so exciting. Um, I, I think the NBA finally uh, notices the Pacers again, and, and not since the mi- uh, mid-2010s, and obviously the Reggie and the, the boom baby days, but I'm so excited, Kevin. I'm. I, I think uh, I'll be. I'll be building the Tyrese statue while you're building the <laughs> Madeline statue. So, um, I think one's gonna be a lot higher than the other right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, also, I wanted to say I totally agree with you on the John Rom thing. Um, I, I I love the PGA Tour, and it's just a bummer that all the drink, the good, a lot of good players are going to live. So uh, I just want to chime in on the Pacers, and you guys have a wonderful weekend. Jimmy, Take care. you're going to go shaved head, black socks, black shoes for Saturday <laughs> night? Pacers-Lakers here. Come on now, 2000 I, finals. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing it, and I just hope you don't have a conflict with the Notre Dame-Marquette game. He knows my dilemma on Saturday. Jimmy, always good to hear from you. Have a great weekend. Uh, Notre Dame Marquette's a 9 o'clock tip. Am I going to have to go dual screen here? I mean... Am I a psycho for that? I think you go iPad there. I don't know. I don't know your TV setup. That that seems like that's not a close game. Notre Dame and Marquette. Probably an am, am I wrong saying that, that that's probably not a close one? I'm going to the line is going to be in the teens. Uh, if you guys are building your statues, I guess I'm stuck with Signetti. I'm building the Kirk Signetti <laughs> statue. Uh, well, according to him, JMU's it was already not, being erected well, at JMU, I mean, right? I'll just get the blueprints uh, from JMU, and we'll just uh, figure that out to be able to put that up in Bloomington in a couple of years. <laughs> now, if you look at Saturday night, again, that is an 830 tip Pacers Lakers Lakers a slight favorite uh by the way Jalen Hood Shafino for those that care he did get in last night not a key member of their rotation right now as he dealt with an injury early in the year Lakers got off to kind of a sloppy start and they've been pretty good since and LeBron looks vintage am I do I have it covered no, I th- there I think you're about right right now it's a four point spread uh the Lakers favored by four and the over-under is 241. So again, the over-under last night for the Pacers and Bucks was 256 and a half. The over-under for this game uh gonna be 241. So yeah, I mean, I'm interested. You know, Miles Turner guarding Anthony Davis, how they guard LeBron James, and then how the respective other players play. Uh, is this a game? I mean, this could be a game, win or loss. You know, post game, LeBron James could be out there singing the praises of Tyrese Halliburton. You know, if Halliburton goes out and has 28 points and 15 assists and seven rebounds and doesn't turn the football, oh, football goodness, doesn't turn the ball over. I mean, I expect LeBron James to be singing the praises, and we'll be playing that sound on Monday. Do you not? I, I mean, I would imagine that would be the case. But top and get that assignment. 
Bruce Brown I, I think, giving up too much height. Yeah, I think you start there, right? And then you can you can you can throw Nee Smith out there a little bit as well. I mean, that's probably the plan, is it not, with LeBron James? That's probably let where him shoot deep threes. I would go on that again. LeBron was outstanding last night. Lakers absolutely rolled the Pelicans. The Pacers gonna take them on. Let's lead off the morning check down with the Pacers winning in the semis last night. Yeah, 128-119. That is your final, the play that everyone has been talking about. The step back three with about 49 seconds to go that sealed the game for the Pacers. At least it felt like it sealed the game for the Pacers. Here's how it sounded on the radio network right here on The Fan. Oh, I love that call. 122-114. That's what it made it there. An eight-point game. Again, the Pacers won 128-119. We haven't played this. I figured I would throw this your way. Uh, Halliburton and his dad, John Halliburton, who you know I love, oh, TNT action, uh, was right? there. We're on TNT last night. We have a clip of it. Go and play that, Mark. Yeah, that is a great, great clip there. Cool moment by TNT, too. You know, you don't see that very often. Invite the parents from an NBA player up on stage here. So, deserved moment. Halliburton, incredible. And again, Andy, I think some other guys. I thought Miles Turner just kept attacking all game long. I thought he was critical. And the bench unit. You know, when you look back on the second quarter, things were a bit lethargic. I thought in the arena, TJ McConnell did TJ McConnell things. Um, you know, a little bit from Nee Smith on the defensive end. Andrew Nemhard, you hope that injury is not very serious. He was very important, particularly in that zone there in the third quarter. Isaiah Jackson, quality minutes. So um, it, it was a team effort. Certainly, Halliburton deserves all the praise with 27 points, 15 assists, and zero turnovers. Just astonishing numbers that shouldn't be taken for granted, but. Now the Pacers are 12-8 and on the season. They have locked themselves into this extra game. This, is, this game Saturday night will not count for record. On the line, Andy, the in-season tournament, 500000 to the winner, 200000 to the loser. Uh, speaking of losers, the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think they deserve Ugh. multiple losses for their effort Ugh. last night against the two-win Patriots. Great news for the Colts. Absolutely great news for the Colts. Um, That is very helpful in their playoff hopes. Um, Mitch Trubisky was awful. Uh, I guess the Patriots were kind of good in that one, Uh, but I I, I point more to Pittsburgh. Just terrible by them. They now have lost at home to two bottom feeders in back-to-back weeks, Arizona and New England, and Indianapolis will see Pittsburgh and Mitch Trubisky. I assume it's Trubisky. I don't know. Maybe Kenny Pickett will have a heroic return a week from Saturday. Do you think Patriots fans like that they won? Oh, I, I does that I hurt your draft stock? I don't think so. Yeah, I would say no. I, I would say it's split. Like Mark, we have had this conversation. I've come in here with the Giants, and I've been angry. I, I've been I've been frustrated that they've won a couple games here. You've been a little bit more optimistic about your Bears, yeah. winning that some win games. Help, help so you, you have seen, you know, you have seen kind of the difference between us. Well, he's uh, got the extra pick. Yeah, uh-huh. that's that's a great uh-huh. point. Yeah, you he's kind got of have Carolina, Carolina pick hand, is looking if you will. Good. Oh yeah, that's going to be the number one pick. I guess I, I would imagine. Patriot people are not thrilled by that, right? One of the darkest days in Boston sports <laughs> Speaking of Boston, uh, we're going to get uh, Army-Navy from Gillette Stadium, one of my favorite games of there the year. There you go. Love the CBS intro coming up tomorrow. That will be a 3 o'clock kick. That is Bill Belichick as the game day guest picker, given his naval roots there. For that one, college basketball rundown for the weekend. It's Indiana in Atlanta against Auburn. How does Gabe Cups, assuming Xavier Johnson can't go, how does he handle that Auburn pressure? 
excuse me. Uh, clearly, I sound like Bruce Pearl right now. Uh, and then Purdue, north of the border. You do they, sound like Bruce Pearl. <laughs> they've got Alabama in that game against Toronto. Neither Alabama nor Auburn ranked, but if you look at some of the uh, analytics metrics, both of them kind of view those opponents as better than that. So we'll see if Indiana and Purdue can get some neutral court wins on their non-conference Alabama's resumes. Alabama's 13 in the Ken Bomb. You were right about that. And they average, Auburn's I think it's 17. Like, 93 points per game. Yeah, which so, is not shocking. Big yeah, output there. All right, the great Lynn Dunn is going to join us to round things out today. Caitlin Clark to the Fever. That could be happening on Sunday. It's the lottery for the Fever, and in all likelihood, it's Caitlin Clark one overall. So we'll chat with Lynn Dunn. Her energy, obviously, through the roof. Cannot wait for that conversation. But before that, it is Freebie Friday on the Pop Quiz, 317-239-1070. Give us a call. Yeah, Freebie Friday here, pop quiz, 239-1070. You want to jump in on that. Tons of calls today. Fun show today. A lot of Pacers, little Colts sprinkled in. Reminder, that Colts coverage on Sunday beginning at 10 a.m. Pre-game, game, post-game, we got you covered right here on The Fan. And if you miss anything from our show, Query and Company, JMV, and much more, find it. Podcast Center there at 1075thefan.com. KB, what number do you want to go to here? I'll let you pick the caller. Uh, I'll put the pressure on you. Here. Pacers have already won six in the in-season yeah. tournament. Let's go with number six. Jake. I assume not the one from noon to three. Well, Mark, he would not be awake. Is he awake yet? Hour, Jake, good morning. How are you, man? Hey, good morning, guys. How are you guys doing? Good. Jake, what time do you usually wake up in the mornings? Uh, about 6 a.m. I've got three uh, three young children, so I've actually got one of them right next to me right now. So she's got uh, daycare Monday through Thursday. So Nice. What are the uh, What are the ages? Uh, seven, four, and three. Oh, boy. Yeah. You are. Yeah. Uh, it's a busy household for sure. It is a busy household. You want to meet up for a beer? I've got three as well, and they're in the same age range. Uh, that sounds great, actually. Yeah, liquor probably over beer in all honesty there. Well, Jake, when you yeah. think about it, I don't know. We were talking about this earlier. I do think it's an awesome time for, like, kids that age. I don't know how into sports your kids are, but, you know, whether it's uh, having a, a male role, role model, football, basketball, whether a female role model with a fever, boy, this is just an awesome time, I feel like, for kids to grow up yeah. in this market. Oh, it's, it's a great time. My, uh, my son uh, plays soccer, so he was actually at soccer practice last night, and I was uh, – you know, I had the phone out for <laughs> watching, the, watching the game, so it was from five to six. So, you know how that goes. Sure, you guys have been before. Oh, been there before. Jeremiah Johnson, we had on. Was it Wednesday? Andy he was telling us he had the freshman basketball. Freshman game. basketball, Zionsville yeah. Garrett. Yeah. He was going to be up, uh, you know, yeah. huddled in the corner there, making sure that he was watching it. So, uh, that's awesome, uh, Jake. Thanks for giving us a ring, and uh, congrats on the freebie Friday. Thank you, guys. All right, let's fire it away here. Question number one, Jake. The Pacers advanced to the championship game of the NBA in-season tournament with a 128-119 win over the Bucks yesterday in Vegas. Who was the leading scorer in yesterday's Pacers-Bucks semifinal game? Was it Giannis, Halliburton, Dame Lillard, Miles Turner? Giannis. I feel like he was quiet, though, in the fourth quarter for him. I, I, just, I don't know. I just, he, he definitely was, yeah. Uh, number two here, Jake, the leading rebounder in yesterday's Pacers game. Is this right? Uh, it Was it Giannis, Miles <laughs> Turner, Chris Middleton, or Buddy Heald? Buddy Heald. thought that was a misprint. Yeah, I like what there. Jake's doing here. Yeah. He knows what's going on. Uh-huh. All right, question I number... I the box score last night, I was, I was about to say, question number three. Of the final four teams, okay, in the tournament here, Pacers, Lakers, Bucks, Pelicans... 
Who is the leading? Who is the leader in scoring average in these tournament games? Is it Halliburton, LeBron James, Giannis, Dame Lillard? I got to go Giannis again. Jake, you're a smart fella here. Oof. Number four and five, though, might offer a little challenge. On this day in 1977, Earl Campbell won the Heisman Trophy. Campbell would go on to be the first overall pick in the 78 draft by the Houston Oilers. Campbell and two other first-round picks, James Lofton and Ozzie Newsom, would go on to have Hall of Fame careers. One other player in the 1978 draft class made it to Canton. Hmm. Was it Joe Klecko, Warren Moon, Joe Montana or Harry Carson? Joe Montana. Harry Carson sound like the mayor of Batesville for the last like 25 years. Hey, leave Carson alone. Question number five. On this day in 1987, Ron Hextall of the Philadelphia Flyers became the first goalie in NHL history to score a goal. There have been only 10 goals in NHL history on shots by goalies with the latest coming just eight days ago. How did I miss this? Eight days ago? I love this. Name the team whose goalie became the latest eight days ago to to score an NHL goal. Nashville Predators, Boston Bruins, Pittsburgh Penguins, Arizona Coyotes. Hmm. How did I miss this? It's, I watch all I do is watch ESPN. How did I not see I mean, this? It is hockey. This is a complete guess. I'm gonna go with Pittsburgh. Oh, oh, all right. Wow. Uh, okay, Jake, let's see how he did here. Um, Andy Sweeney, I mean, he, did he well. knows his NBA in-season tournament, to say the least. Giannis, leads Splash! Buddy Heald, 11 rebounds. Splash! Giannis was also correct in terms of the leader in the scoring average. Splash! <laughs> and then he knows his hockey, I guess. Did he say that he guessed, though? I don't know. He got it right. It's all uh, he matters. got it right. Yeah, the Pittsburgh yeah, Penguins. Correct. Tristan Jerry did it eight days ago against Tampa Bay. How about that? Tricky Scotty on number four. The one other player in the 78 draft. Class that made it to camp. This is a little finicky here, Scotty, if I'm going to be totally honest. So the other guys have been Hall of Famers. They're just not drafted in 78. Right. Joe Klecko, Joe Montana, Harry Carson. Um, Warren Moon went undrafted in 1978, but that was the correct answer. Is that Should that count? Did he go to the AFL initially? Okay, that's what it was. And Joe Klecko just got put in the Hall of Fame this last year. That if I was online, that's what I would have gone with. I would have I would have tried to read Scotty and I would have went with Klecko. Jake seemed like a really smart dude, and I feel bad for him. I guess he's gonna get a prize no matter what, but that could have been a five for five. Also, does he have a photographic memory? He's like, Yeah, I looked at the box score, but him looking at the box score, he knew everything about the in season tournament. He was all over that to say the least. Uh the great Lynn Dunn joins us. I have to be totally honest with you guys right now. Uh, I, I don't think I have like a Colts selection. I don't know what's going to happen in this game. I was bullish on the Colts winning this game and moving on. Uh, and then Jake Browning happened. What was he? 32 of 37. Uh, so that's what he was as well. Reminder as well. We'll talk with Lynn about this coming up here in just a minute. Uh, Sunday, the draft event in Gamebridge. It begins at 330 
and uh, the actual event itself beginning at 4.30, and we'll find out if the fever will be 1, 2, 3, or 4. And KB, I was looking here. If I have it right, uh, the way they do it, there are a thousand chances between Indiana, Phoenix, L.A., and Seattle, and the fever have 442 of the 1,000 chances to get the overall number one Believe. pick. And I would imagine that would be Caitlin Clark. Again, 442 of the 1,000 chances. Now, How about sorry that? I was a little late running back in here. I had to get some water because if I'm not hydrated for our next guest, I cannot match her energy level <laughs> at all. She is the one and only, the Hall of Famer, the legend. She is Lynn Dunn. Coach, Hall of Famer, good Friday morning to you. I know you were excited last night watching that Pacers effort. You know I loved every minute of it. Anytime we can beat the Bucks, I think it's wonderful. And I was so excited about how well they played. I love it. I love it. Um, okay, let's look ahead to this weekend. Andy just laid it all out there. Um, I, I don't. This might be hyperbole, so rip me for it if you need to. Is this the most important lottery number one pick uh, potential in WNBA history, considering who's out there in Iowa? Potentially, it could be based on the, the the depth of this draft. It's a really, really good draft. There's a lot of quality players in it, but we need them all to come out. You know, they some of them still have that fifth COVID year. It seems like it's been forever, but hopefully this is the last round next year of the COVID uh, extension. Well, I mean, are you nervous going into this? I mean, there's nothing else you can do. It's all going to just be a lottery system. I would imagine you still have nerves. Is that the case, even though it's nothing you can control right now? Well, we've worked hard for those 400 and whatever balls. <laughs> 442. We have. 442 balls. And so, you know, I'm not nervous. I'm optimistic. Um, I feel like the if the stars all align with us and, you know, and the things do mathematically like they're supposed to, then we've got a great shot at that uh, at that first pick. So we're we're just excited about it. She is the great Lindon. Again, Sunday, 3.30, the draft lottery party, 4.30, the lottery will take place here for the Indiana Fever. And right now they've got the best chance of getting that number one overall pick. Um, Coach, how would you compare where you guys are at rebuild-wise to maybe where the Pacers are? I know that, I don't know, maybe it's not a comparison that you want to make, but for our audience out there that's viewed this Pacers rebuild, how would you kind of compare where you guys are with it? Well, I'm glad you mentioned the Pacers because they're in a rebuild process with a great young team, and I think what they did last night shows that they may be a little bit ahead of schedule of where we thought they would be. I don't think they expected this early in the season, this early in the rebuild, to be beating on a neutral court uh, someone like the Celtics and then the Bucks, and and I think that a lot of that goes back to the great job that – Kevin Pritchard and, and, and his crew have done over there with, with talent uh, acquisition. And, and then Ty, Tyrese Halliburton, let's, let's give him his credit. I mean, he's, he's a one-in-a-million kind of player, and when he's on the court, he makes everybody better. So this is a great weekend for Indianapolis. We've got the Pacers playing uh, Saturday night. We've got the Colts playing Sunday. We've got us with the lottery. And I'd like to have a three wins. <laughs> Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, right? yeah, amen. I'll, I'll say that. How 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 have you challenged Aaliyah Boston to get better in the off season? Well, she's surrounded by personal trainers, personal fitness gurus. Uh, she's got a whole team that's working with her um, every day, every week. 
um, you know, just to continue to grow her. You know, she's got a will have a lot of pressure on her after being the unanimous rookie of the year. I think she surprised us all. We knew she'd be good. We didn't know she'd be just how good or how great, how poised, how composed. Um, and so now we're excited about adding another top player to go with her and Melissa Smith and Kelsey Mitchell and Erica Wheeler and, and take that next step. Um, and, and hopefully hopefully we can do some things like the, like the Pacers are doing this year. The great Lynn Dunn with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. I know it was a slow start for her this past year, Coach Grace Berger, but she played um, a decent amount of minutes as the season concluded. Uh, how did you evaluate Grace Berger's first season with the Fever? I thought Grace had a great season. You know, she was named to one of the all-rookie teams. Uh, what Grace did for us is she backed up the one, the two, and the three. She did whatever we wanted to do at any of those positions. And sometimes in crunch time, she was the point guard, um, you know, in, in a very crucial situation. So we thought Grace did all the things that we wanted to do and probably more. Lynn done with us. Uh, Lynn, I'll say this. Uh, I know we do not know each other, but I see you're from Dresden, Tennessee, okay? And I and I hear your accent. Uh, my mom's side of the family is all from Western Tennessee. We're talking Covington, Brownsville, Jackson, Memphis, Bartlett, that area. I know Dresden. KB, you're, you have no idea what I'm going to get no, to say no here. No, no idea. Uh, <laughs> how, how often, Lynn, did you go to the Paris, Tennessee fish fry? Every spring. It's the world's largest fish fry in the world. Humboldt is the largest strawberry festival. We have the Iris Festival. I know all of your towns. One of my very first boyfriends was from Brownsville, Tennessee. Oh, my God. You're you're talking about my area now. My my dad lived there for about seven years. Look at that. He lived in Brownsville, (laughs) Tennessee. Great West Tennessee area, great food, great friends, great fellowship. Love it. But love that fish fry now. Yeah. Now, yeah. Coach, I don't know if it was a fish fry, and we'll end with this. What's the secret sauce to the energy level as you have obviously graced your presence on this earth for multiple decades? Well, my spirit is still about 13, 12, 13, 10, okay. 12, 13. Even though my body's aged and I'm in the twilight of this you know, this life, uh, for whatever reason, my spirit stayed awfully young. Gosh, amen to that. We absolutely love it. We love the conversations. Fingers are crossed for this weekend, Coach. Again, 3.30 will be the lottery party, 4.30 the actual lottery. No one like her. Lynn Dunn, thank you. Good luck. Have a great weekend. Thank you, guys. Go Colts. Go Pacers. Go Fever. Lynn Dunn with the trifecta right there. Covering it all. Speaking of the Colts, it is time for our Colts and Bengals pick. Andy Sweeney, the line has changed. You know, when we talked on Monday morning, Colts were a three-point favorite. Then Jake Browning goes out there and becomes the darling of Monday Night Football, and all of a sudden, the line has slowly crept in Cincinnati's direction. Last I saw, Cincinnati was favored by two. Uh, I guess we'll start with Mark Dykton. They're making me. I'm throwing a dart here. I have no idea. Thanks for that, by the way. Uh, I said at the start of the season, this was the toughest game on the Colts' schedule. It's still tough, even though they don't have Gerald Burrow. I they have still have great skill position guys. I'm legit throwing a dart here. I'm just going to take the Bengals 27-24. Andy, I'll go next. Okay. I, I, I almost feel a bit similar to how Mark is, and you know I think there's a lot of you know possibilities of like okay again how effective is the Grover Stewart 
um, you know, presence. Is this a game that the Braden Smith absence starts to catch up to the Colts? Is it a step up in competition? You know, can Jake Browning do it again? Uh, you know, how do the Colts impact Cincinnati on a short week? You know, to me, Andy, I think that's a big storyline. If can you pound Moss in the fourth quarter, Cincinnati's going hands on hips. Uh, do you do some things mentally to test them on a short week? Do we see some of the, you know, kind of little, hey, Shane Steichen, I'm going to run my punt team off and I'm going to run my offense back on there. Is this a week that maybe you find a little bit of a play there? So uh, this is probably the least confident I've been in a pick all season. To really? Be totally honest with really? you. Really? Okay. I just have no idea. I don't either. I- I'm going to go Colts 26-23. I think Cincinnati's defense, I can't overlook how poor they've been against the run in the past, but again, uh, I lack major confidence in multiple things of life, uh, if I'm going to so be while both So while both of you guys were talking, I was sitting there and I kind of I kind of wrote down two or three different scores. I keep, you know, the, the dumbest thing you can do is bet against a trend, and the Colts have been winning, they've won four straight, and they've flown cl- close to the sun, have they not, in those Very games? Close, yes. I mean, you talk about a mixed extra point against the Titans, that game going to overtime, uh, the clock, you know, kind of ticking down in that game. I went back and forth, I wanted to go Bengals, I'm not going to go Bengals, uh, I'm going to go with you, I'm going to go with the Colts winning this game 27-20, I'm going to go Colts 27-20, and we're going to sit here with a five-game winning streak, and they'll be 8-5 and five on the season. And God bless us because I have absolutely no confidence in that pick. If the Pacers do get it done tomorrow night in Vegas, going to try and effort Rick Carlisle for Monday's show. Again, 8.30 tomorrow night on ABC. This is the game that does not count to your 82-game record uh, this season. So it is the extra game that you have there. Thank you to Mark Dykton back. Thank you to Andy Sweeney. I'm Kevin Bowen. Everybody out there, appreciate you listening. Have a great, great loaded sports weekend. We'll talk to you Monday.